Welcome, everybody, to episode 14, I believe, of the Stardust Press podcast. Uh, always, same two people, Beth and Xavier, watching wrestling, trying to figure out what the fuck is going on. Uh, it's, man, we don't know. Uh, of course, as always, the mixed bag segment. Uh, Cody Rhodes, I don't know if you heard this, but he's a civil rights activist. I mean, he single-handedly changed america without promo can i just say that yeah i mean he he ended segregation i don't know what else you want from him <laughs> okay so i watched <laughs> okay okay so i watched the dynamite because on paper it looked like a good card and it did not turn out as such outside of like the main event and the opener uh so i was watching and as soon as he said I like to label myself a proud American. I was like, oh, fuck, this is not going to go well. <laughs> and was and like, this was all because Anthony Agogo put the Union Jack on him. He hates the bros. <laughs> okay, I understand UK might not be the best, especially wrestling-wise, but this man hates the bros so much. He went on this long rant about how he got a woman of another race pregnant, and I just... <laughs> I, I, I don't understand. <laughs> I wish I did. I, I don't. <laughs> uh... Man really went for like the, the Dusty Rhodes hard time promo, and it was just, I'm having a hard time watching it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know what? He, he just wanted to get to the American dream part. All he could have said was, you know, you might be a bro, but I'm the American dream. And that was it. He could have just did that. We've been straight. Now I hope Anthony Gargo calls him bruv in it and fucking punches him in the gut. That's that's all I want. Was, God, that was bad. Uh, Nagata and Moxley was good shit. It was like eight eight and a half minutes, which is which was better than most of the matches on this fucking show that went longer. I don't even want to talk about that tag title match. That shit was whack. Uh, and surprisingly, commentary was good for this match. Uh, they didn't. Usually, you know, JR is a weirdo, like, Riho, like, she's fucking 98 pounds. I'll tell you what, 98 pounds is crazy. She's 98 pounds. Like, you know, he's a weirdo. So, like, if he finds one, like, physical statistic for a foreign wrestler, he's just going to stick to that the whole time. But luckily... Or if, or if, or if they're a woman, he's just going to stick with that physical statistic. Yeah, if they're a woman, he's just going to harass them on commentary. That's what he's going to do if they're a woman, but... He did not hang on to Yuji Nagata's age, and neither did anybody on the commentary team. They they more so focused on his experience, which, good, Nagata rules. I don't want you fucking sitting here talking about how he's old or anything. Just talk about how he's smarter than Moxley and made for a good match. I'm glad Yuji Nagata got to be on national TV. It's, it's like the one good thing New Japan's probably done this year. I mean, that's, that's a bit of a stretch, but... It's not a stretch. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, Shingo and Osprey going 45 minutes, and then you maneuver a deal to get Yuji Nagata on national TV again. I, it's a no-brainer which one's better than me, to me personally. <laughs> All right, now uh, Moxley defend against Kojima, you coward, so he can close on close on your head off and take the belt because Brett always wins. Uh, yeah. And AW has this weird thing where they just want to end every show with a brawl. This man Miro fucking murdered Darby Allen, and he didn't even get a chance to celebrate because they just wanted everybody to brawl. And I'm like, bro, what? <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's like one. 
AEW's got a lot of issues, but people will continue to ignore them. Not saying they're doing a lot of bad stuff, because realistically, on paper, they're doing pretty, they're doing some good stuff. But some stuff, just like every wrestling company, realistically, they're just not doing right, and they need to fucking fix. So, I mean, the one thing they should fix is stop giving Cody Rhodes just complete creative liberty with what he's saying on the microphone. Don't let him cut any more promos, actually. Don't let him talk at all. Like, I saw on um, on Twitter about, like, Tony Khan is, like, not much of a saying no type of guy, and I'm like, he should have said no to this, because mm-hmm. it was he just doesn't say, so weird. <laughs> he doesn't say no, well, he should start. <laughs> it's like, you're really doing, like, American Patriot gimmicks in 2021. Yeah, we're really doing this side versus America. Why? <laughs> America sucks too. I don't know what you want from us. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's for uh, AW on that. Uh, trying to think of uh, Cyberfight announced more matches, but honestly, it's a big card, so we're just gonna wait till like everything's confirmed to list those. So. Cause they still got yeah, because that's going to take us 20 minutes just to list the mushes. Yeah, dude, this card's ridiculous, and for some reason there's like three six-man tags you can see on all the other shows, like regular fucking Shinkaba shows or something. Like, <laughs> I don't understand, and I, and I won't. I won't understand why Dino and Sasadango Machine are calling out the Segura Army, and you're not doing... Yuji Hino and Takashi Segura, but I mean that's you do you man, you do you, you do you man. Uh, so Stardom, uh, I had a show this morning, if you want to call it that. Uh, I mean, it, it was something. Yeah, <laughs> there's only one part I'm excited to talk about, and we'll get to that because it's probably mutual feeling. Uh, uh it, is it Mina Shirakawa? No, it's not actually. <laughs> 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 uh, did we talk about the future tournament last week? Uh, uh, no, I don't think we did because I don't think it was announced. Okay, yeah. So starting, so Saida had to relinquish the uh, future belt. I'm assuming she's just going to be out for nine years because Utami got injured every fucking other day and she got to keep like all 75 of her belts. Uh, <laughs> kind of bullshit if you ask me, especially since she was future champ too and she <laughs> didn't defend that shit for like two years. <laughs> all right. Uh, but I'm assuming. I mean, to be fair, there was like. Nobody that could have beaten Yatami at that point, but... But, uh, fucking no future star they have can even match up to Saida, if you want to be honest. <laughs> uh, true. <laughs> like, anybody in this tournament, and then including also Saya Kamatani, none of them can fucking touch Saida, I'm going to be honest. That's like, <laughs> bias, whatever, it's just the truth. Ain't nobody touching her. Uh, but yeah, so they just had her relinquish the belt, and I mean... Unless you're going to start doing stuff with the future belt, what was the purpose? Uh, but this tournament field is two 30-year-olds and a bunch of teenagers. You tell me which one's the future. <laughs> uh, obviously, it's Mina Shirakawa, the 30-year-old ex-Gravor model. <laughs> Hi, we say that now because Nagi's going to fucking win this and the Cinderella tournament, and then she's going to let us know what all the belts taste like. You know what? I can't believe we're living in a world where Yanagi Sayaka is about to be the Cinderella champion. She's probably going to be the white belt champion after beating Tam. She's the artist champion. And she's going to be the future champion. Like, all belts Yanagi 2021. 
Liza, let's just be real. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad she upped her Twitter game because, damn, I, I always wondered what the belts taste like, and she let me know, and I was appreciated. Uh, <laughs> I was appreciated. <laughs> oh, Lord. Uh, but, yeah, uh, I don't know who all advanced in that tournament. Do you have? I know Hanan's, like, automatically in the semis, which is good because she's the best person in this field. So Yeah, so, uh, so far... Mina is the only one who's advanced. She's she beat Ruaka at the Cinderella show. Okay. And then tomorrow we get Yunagi versus Lady C. So obviously Lady C is not gonna get her first pin in a tournament. She should, honestly. <laughs> I mean she should, but I don't think she's gonna be getting her first pin in a tournament to crown a new champion, but what she should do is do the Gonzo bomb. <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah, obviously not. But yeah, uh, and then Rina and Hina have a match at some point. I have no idea when. Yeah, but like I said, Hanan should win. <laughs> I mean, I feel like it, she could get to the final, but realistically, it's going to be Mina versus Yanagi for a future title. <laughs> yeah, this this company's fucked, and we'll talk about that in a second. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, uh, you want to just go over, like, who all advanced in the Cinderella? Uh, uh yeah, so... And it turns out we were fucking right again. All right, let's go. We don't yeah, even watch started uh... we were fucking right. Base. Yeah, a lot went on, and I'm trying to get it up as fast as I can, and I'm trying to stall, but it's not working. Uh... Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, we had... We had uh, Saya Kamatani beat Starlight Kid. Mm-hmm. So Fucked up if you ask me. Yeah, a little bit, but... I could I kind of saw it happening, I'm not going to lie. Starlight and then... could just won and be like, I want the high-speed belt. belt. Natsupoi, you're not doing shit with it. <laughs> yeah. You know what? The I can't believe they've not capitalized on Saya Kamatani in like, the high-speed division. They're trying to rush her to the top two belts, and honestly, other people feel different, but she might not be ready for either one of those belts yet. I mean, she's good, but I feel like on, on the big no, like, stage, yeah. she crumbles oh, she's, a little bit. She's good, but I'm talking like, because the white and red belts are both big belts. I don't think she's ready for one of those yet. Yeah, and then, you know, she's got all the skill set for the uh, high speed, so I don't know why Yeah, she wouldn't, but anyway... Uh, this kind of surprised me. Micah went over against Julia. God is good all the time. And Micah tried to, like, suplex her from, like, the top to the outside, but she missed, and Julia cracked her head open on the turnbuckle, so... What the fuck? Oh, my God. Oh, that's big brain if I ever seen it. (laughs) Because, like, all I saw was, like, Julia's head was pouring with blood, and there was, like, a few... uh, pictures that someone had taken and it was just Micah dropping it head first onto the turnbuckle. Micah, big El Generico fan, went for the brain buster and it just didn't turn out well. <laughs> and then uh, surprisingly Sherry defeated Yutami, which I'm assuming she's Sherry's not the... well she's not gonna win, but I'm assuming Sherry's gonna fight Yutami for the title since she yeah. technically beat her. Yeah, she's not winning the tournament, but she's gonna fight for the title uh and then we had 
uh, Himeka defeating Mayu thanks to Oedo Tai. That sentence hurts to hear out loud. <laughs> but honestly, this whole show, this whole show, the okay, we don't okay. Put this nicely, we don't care about this whole show, but this we do. So go ahead. Uh, oh, what, am I going off to about what happened after the match? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The save by the yeah, mass, yeah, yeah. assailant. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Mayu had been like teasing. Uh, she's gonna drop a bomb on Stardom, and obviously, and I was like, like "Oh my psychopath god, psychopath I am!" <laughs> oh my god, she's dropping a bomb. What the? Fuck? Yeah, so she called it a bomb threat. No, uh... <laughs> <laughs> she, a bomb threat. <laughs> she was like, "I, uh, I gotta get rid of her at a time. I'm gonna call in a bomb threat." But uh, no, like the psychopath I am, I thought it was gonna be Hazuki. Which... Yeah, yeah. More fool me, because uh, Koguma returned. Yeah. And, and she just beat the shit out of Away to Tie. Honestly, people just dumbasses because, like, literally before the Cinderella, Mayu was like, Yeah, I plan on asking Kaguma if she will come join Stars because, like, we need people. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess Mayu just, like, straight up just forgot to do it for a while. And then Kaguma probably called her and was like, Hey, did you want to ask me something? And she was like, Yeah, maybe. Oh, wait, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that That's probably how it went. But yeah, so uh, Kaguma's back in Stars. Uh, I didn't know this. Apparently, she got fired last time. Really? I yeah. So, quit. no. Apparently, she got fired. What? And she was. She, I God knows. She was only like seventeen or something. But how the fuck you get fired at seventeen? <laughs> I mean, she was probably an absolute menace. But yeah, probably. But uh, uh yeah. So she's back. She's. Probably gonna help disband a way to tie at this point. And God, that's when I'm not watching Stardom. It'll just be Beth doing solo reviews while I'm sitting here in the corner. <laughs> I like, mean, to be fair, I'd, I'd probably give up on Stardom at that point. But yeah, we just become a non-Stardom podcast. We're just like, right, we're, like we're covering Stardom, but it'll be nothing past 2019. <laughs> well, first half of 2020 uh... was fine. We we can do that too. Well. Yeah, I mean, it it was possible, but... Like, we'll cap it at February. That's <laughs> it. That's it. But, uh, yeah, then Yanagi defeated Shuri, which physically pains me to say, because yeah. why? Why would they decide on Yanagi being in the final four, but... Can you read that final four out loud for me, please? Yeah, so the final four for the Cinderella tournament is Sayaka Mitani, Maika, Himeka, and Yanagi Sayaka. All those matches sound like they would suck, except for, like, Maika versus Saya. Be honest with you, Chief. Those are all I mean... I don't want to see. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I hope they do Saya and Maika. I but... feel like they should, because uh, every other match seems a little rough. But oh then my again, god, I, I really don't. Yanagi, I'm gonna. Oh my god, no! I was gonna say I really don't want Sire and Yanagi to have a Cinderella finals, but dude, that last single match sucked so bad. I can't. If that if that's the final, we're not reviewing the final. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Make... we'll, we'll just announce who won and leave it at that. But... Go listen to Dylan and Alex on Stardom's Quest. They will review any Stardom ever. We will not. <laughs> <laughs> They'll be, they'll be nice about starting. We won't be. 
Yeah, yeah. Okay, we got to be interested to want to review shows, okay? That's why, like, <laughs> half of, like, shows from companies we review happen, and we're just like, honestly, those cars don't sound good, so let's do something else. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. Well, that's that was the stardom show today. It was certainly something, but... Um, Who knows when it will be uploaded, either. Yeah, 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 probably, like, three years from now, but... Uh, excited for Kaguma. Uh, she's still, like, super fucking young, so... Yeah, and, uh, and she wasn't bad by any means when she was in Stardom, so... Uh, yeah, and, uh, she was pretty good because she was in the um, Battle Royal as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the anniversary show, so... Former high-speed champion, so if she decides to go that route, good, because they need fucking people for that division. Uh, but honestly, I just see her and Mayu probably end up doing tag stuff. Which is fine, because that kind of opens Starlight Kid up again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but saying that, they probably like, won't use her or anything, but never mind. I mean, if Starlight Kid and Mayu in the tag belts, I won't be mad because Kid only has held like the future belt, which is fucking wild to say out loud because <laughs> she's so good. But Has she never held the artist title? Mm-mm. That's really weird. From my knowledge, only the future belt. That's weird, because they usually just give, like, everybody the artist belt. Well, not Starlight Kid. Every time she has a match, she loses. <laughs> and we actually review one of those today, so, yeah. Uh, but, no, uh, I think it's a... I think it's a good time for Stardom to experiment, especially with Starlight Kid, just to raise her up a little bit, so... I'd be fine if they ended up losing the tag title match to the Sherry and Julia team that we won't even try to pronounce. It's weird. Uh... Uh, yeah, they were, they were just like, we're mixed race, so we're just going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> That's our gimmick. Yeah, which I mean, cool. I'm all for people being proud of their heritage, but Jesus, I can't pronounce that. Um, it's like Alto Evilo or something like that. I don't know. Uh, I can't speak Italian. God, Julia can't speak Italian, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, uh like I said, interested. Finally did something interesting for once. God damn. I mean, they're still... I mean, I'm not going to get into it as we're watching these or reviewing these 2019 shows. Uh, but yeah, that was that for Stardom. It was just good to know. Um, the Masao Memorial Show, uh, it was originally canceled because Oda War Gymnasium uh, is like, not doing events at the moment in the venue because it's, what, a pop-up hospital? Yeah, the government's using it as like a Emergency. secondary hospital, yeah, for COVID and everything like that, so. Yeah, 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 so I, I'm fine with that. But uh, they moved it to Corican Hall, which, I mean, dope. It's still happening, cool. Uh, so that'll be still a thing. All Japan ended up moving their show to, like, next month. It's like 16th or something. I don't know. I can't tell you. I'm not hardcore in All Japan, but they did move their show. Uh Anything else. Stardom had to cancel their award show as well. I think they've yeah, rescheduled yeah, yeah. it for like June or something. Something like that. Uh, but uh, but but they're still doing the other show. So yeah, that's, okay. Yeah, ball out. Um. Oh, New Japan apparently is doing Dominion. So there's that. Uh, on the sixth of June. Um. Also. The cyberpunk just interesting to know. In a six-person tag they have on the show, there's an X. So 
Which that, that's going to be. It could something. be anybody. Yeah, it could be. Uh, could be Mickey James. Yeah, could be Samoa Joe. Yeah, probably going to be Ash Kong. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. That I mean, with Mariah on the other team, yeah, probably. Uh, I will hold out. I will say it's Rekka Psyche until it happens. So. I mean, same, but it's more than likely going to be Aja Kong. <laughs> yeah, probably. Which, I mean, I'm not against, but damn, it'd be cool if it was just somebody who was joining the roster full-time. Yeah, that's why I'm saying Mickey James. <laughs> that's why I said Samoa Joe. What the fuck? <laughs> oh, damn. But yeah, uh, I just wanted to note that because, I mean, it'd be something to look out for. Uh, love Aja Kong, but I... I would just love for TJPW to snag another person to come on the roster after they snagged now last year. And she's and after Stardom just took all their wrestlers. Yeah. They took a good wrestler in Stardom and was just like, we'll take all your wrestlers that aren't ready. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's realistic. That's respectful. Well, I mean, Natsu Boy is pretty, pretty good. And then she just goes, yeah, TJPW is not good. And then Yuka Sakazaki said, what'd you say? I I will come after you and beat the brakes off you. Don't you ever talk about that. <laughs> talk about TJPW. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. And then Rika Tetsumi posted a picture of her with a gun, and she was like, dang, I want to use this. <laughs> uh, uh, I love the TJPW roster. They're wild. Their social media accounts are hilarious. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, that was that. Uh, today, of course, we're covering two uh, stardom shows from 2019. Uh, we're also covering the season show that happened. They got canceled, remade, and then done just at the dojo. And then the opening round of King of Gate, which, great show. But uh, we'll start off, I don't know what the official name for the show was, because it was the five-star winner getting their title match, but it also started the Goddesses starting tag league. So, like... so, thanks to our sponsor, Cage Match, yeah. we can uh, know that the stardom show was called World Champion Wars. I, I, I kind of like that, you know. Yeah, good name. You know what? I miss Stardom having interest in show names. Everything's just Cinderella now, and it sucks. <laughs> It'll be like t- Tokyo Cinderella Yokohama or something like that. But yeah, can we go back to having fun shows like uh, Big Summer in Osaka, like all that? Let's go back to having fun shows. Or but at yeah. least like get a new Disney princess to name your shows after. Tell you, Pocahontas is there. If y'all not gonna use it, we will. <laughs> But all right, uh, the show was in Cork and Hall. Both of these shows were in Cork and Hall, and wow. Uh, I'll let you go ahead since you got the card. Yeah, post uh, pre-COVID world was strange to look back on, but oh my god, uh, I can't wait! To <clears throat> first match. <laughs> so the uh, the opener for World Champion Wars 2019 was Tam Nakano versus Sai Kamitani. Really weird matchup to look back on this now because Sayaka Matani is currently in Queen's Quest. Tam Nakano has her own unit. Tam has a fucking singles title for a start. And, and, and this match was better than their Cinderella match. Yeah, it was. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. But, uh. And I think Saya had only been wrestling for like a couple months at this point. Yeah. Which is weird to say this was better than the Cinderella one for that. I don't know. But it was. Uh, one thing I forgot about pre pre COVID world is my man in the red shirt in the front row. Sayo! I was like, shit, <laughs> the man's here. He got he got the day off work. Ain't nobody telling him shit. He on he was on for the whole show. Everybody was gonna hear him. 
You know what's weird as well? I didn't realize that I missed uh, seeing all the streamers. Oh, yeah, dude. I love streamers. I think streamers add so much to entrances. It's interests in uh, name uh, calls. It's like, it's not even funny. I hope we get them back one day. I mean, I doubt we will at this point, but... One of my favorite visuals is, like, Kenzo in his uh, final Noah match before WWE just, like, was finger in there and fucking getting flooded by streamers, so... <laughs> but, like, uh, yeah, the match, the match was good. Yeah. Before we go completely off topic. But... Yeah, we got completely off topic. Okay, Kenzo's coming to stardom is what we're trying to get at here, and y'all just don't understand. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, this match was uh, really good. Sai wasn't doing anything crazy. She was just doing basic stuff, but she's she was like very good at the basics, and I mean, she still is. She didn't change. She just wanted to try more stuff. And yeah, Tam had the good theme song for this show. She had Violent Kung Fu Girl, so you know I was all, I was fired no, up. I absolutely missed that theme song so much. I tried to tell you, you was like, no. Ah, I was like, bro, it don't hit the same as Violent Kung Fu Girl. As soon as I heard, it, I was like, oh, shit. that don't sound like me. <laughs> Alright, oh, oh, I don't know, uh, I can't do a British accent, I'm sorry. <laughs> Please don't inf- offend my kind on the podcast. I'll, I'll cut the Cody Rhodes promo right now, you better stop it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, uh, dude, song hits, but like, as soon as I heard it, I was like, oh shit, Tam's gonna come out here and be a menace, and that's what she did. <laughs> you know what, I miss as well when she used to come out with a sword. Yeah, dude, why did you stop bringing the sword out, that's weird. She she, a... She's so mean to Shirakawa, and she just absolutely lost it. Yeah. I'm pretty sure she brought it out for the uh, Budokan show, but she used to carry that sword, like, every show. <laughs> yeah, they were doing, like, Shinkiwa or something, and she'd and she bring out, like, this massive sword. <laughs> Shinkiwa shows, and she's just walking out with this massive sword for, like, this five-minute opener. <laughs> I mean, at least Hannah's sword was plastic. Tam's looked real. <laughs> I think Towns was real. That's the thing. I was like, can she stop throwing that around? <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, really good match here. Um, like I said, it was just, you could see that Saya was going to be good and Tam is good. And so like, there was not much you really needed to expect any differently. Well, I mean, for Saya, she was only a couple months in. So maybe you were still trying to kind of fill her out, figure out what she was going to be, how she's doing. And she did well. So, but she, I don't think at that point I would have guessed that she'd be in Queen's Quest of all places. I figured she was going to be in Stars. <laughs> <laughs> also, I miss yeah, Hoshino. I just want to point that out. She's not on either one of these cards, but I miss her a lot. So, well, she was on the dark match for the second one, but I didn't watch it. Oh, no, I didn't watch that either. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, Dude, one of my favorite moments was the stardom was when Saya joined Queen's Quest. She was like, Itsuki, come join me in Queen's Quest. And Queen and Itsuki was like, I'm sick and tired of you. I don't like you. I don't want to be in Queen's Quest. I'm going stars. <laughs> and then we all know how that ended. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, poor Itsuki, man. Uh, she had a lot of potential, but uh, that, that was, I think I left. I don't know. I laughed very hard at that for some reason, going like watching it. Like I was watching the future title match and it was whatever, but after the match I just started laughing. I was like, she got very upset at Saya asking her to join Queen's Quest. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Uh Tam won this match, of course. Uh Saya was still a rookie. She wasn't getting a win here. Uh, 
I don't think I don't think she got an actual win until her and Utami were tag champs. No, I don't think she did. Because I'm pretty sure Utami won the match when they won the belts and stuff. I don't think she actually won until they faced uh, Himeka and Micah. I might have to look that up, but yeah, but no, I, I don't. I don't think she ever won. Like as far as against the main roster person. Yeah. Yeah, but good match here. Uh, if you watched their Cinderella match, go back and watch this one because it was better. Uh, <laughs> Surprisingly, but yeah, shockingly, but which I didn't <laughs> expect, but it happened. So you know, but we're not. Yeah, about. then. <clears throat> yeah, then we had the uh, the gauntlet tag match. So we started off with Konami and Death Yamasan in Tokyo Cyber Squad versus Hina and Leo Onizaki of Queen's Quest. Leo! <laughs> that dude was a menace, but I miss Leo. Uh, but uh, I was like, dang, yeah, I forgot about Leo. I had this banger theme song, so let's, let's, let's get this fun. And also, watching this made me like think back, and I was like, you know what? Death Yamasan beating Hazuki actually wasn't bad because she was nuclear over when she was doing Death Yamasan. Like, she really was, wasn't she? Yeah, of course, like, we were like, oh, Azumi should have won, but looking back at it, maybe it was the right decision, because Azumi was over, but Death Yamasan was, like, nuclear over, considering <laughs> it was, like, just starting it as she joined Tokyo Cyber Squad. You know what, it's a shame that she's, like, doing the clown thing with Konami now, because, like, she she was just going off as, like, Death Yamasan, like, right at the start. Yeah. Uh, hopefully she'll go back to that eventually. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that'd be cool, because, like, dude, she is on. Uh, this gauntlet was, like, fun. They should do, like, more of these, uh, and let, you know, people have fun, but that's another thing. Uh, <laughs> we'll get to that eventually. Yeah, we'll get to that after we review all these shows, because, uh, there's a lot to take in here. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so, Queen's Quest, they didn't waste no time. They were like, okay, we gotta try to win here. <laughs> Uh, Konami's <laughs> goddess champion at this time uh, with Kiana, so like, we'll waste no time. They're going to try to get this win by any means necessary. Uh, but of course, that didn't work out, and you know, TCS advanced on the gauntlet. And next was Starlight Kid and Saida? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, for some reason, I remember when they first uploaded it, I just remember the pre tapes being before everyone's like separate entrance, but it wasn't here. It was all at the beginning. I don't know if they changed that or I'm just remembering things wrong, but that's just a little thing. Because, uh, like, I was like, okay, so I'll probably get the promo soon. And then Starlight Kids team just kept playing. And they came, I was like, oh, I guess not. All right. <laughs> but uh, they came out, you know, absolute units. Uh, that's uh, Starlight Kid and uh, Saeed are. And even in this match against Konami and Death, you could just see that Kid and Sire were not only are they the future, but like they're damn good for what they are now. So, oh yeah, it, it's really weird. Like looking at Sire because she's like not an absolute muscular beast that she is now. Yeah, uh, it's also weird. Just like I said, it's always weird when we watch Starlight Kid and just think about how little they've done with her in her time. Which is odd, like, as well, you know, not just because she's really good, but, like, she has, out with, like, everybody, she has the most marketable look. Oh, yeah, for sure. No no doubt about it, she's got the mar- most marketable look. Those masks be selling like crazy. And mm. On some, uh, I don't know what side I was on, but it was going, like, over a thousand. It was crazy. Uh, 
But yeah, uh, Starth advanced here, right? They like. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, they they got absolutely like murdered by uh, Andras Miyagi and Jamie Hayter. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. Which which a weird tag team, but I really liked it, and I, I don't, don't know why think they, they ever that. teamed up. I don't know why they didn't keep doing it. I don't know why they took Andras out of Oedotai. Don't know why they didn't do more with her because she is very very good. They they just saw Andras. They were like, "You're not cute," so she just left, went to Iris, and said, "I'm the cutest." Yeah, she's, they said, you don't got titties. And then Andras was like, all right, well, I'm cute, motherfucker. I'm going at this. Uh, <laughs> which is good. At least some company's giving her a place to do her thing. Yeah, it's true. Because, uh, I mean, she, like, kind of said, fuck off to Sendai to go join Stardom. And they just kind of shit on her. So, which is. But I, th- I think they might be over it now based on what, like, Dash Chizako has been saying. Uh, what's she been saying? Oh, she was on Twitter, she was like, oh, there's a familiar face on the card, and it was Andras. And Andras was like, this is going to be weird. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Dash even get, I think Dash is just vibing. It might be like other people in Sendai. I mean, yeah. to be fair, it's probably just like Mako or something. Yeah, probably. Dude, Dash but, just vibes. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, that's true. But this tag team ruled, and I don't know why they just didn't continue it. <laughs> You know what? That would have been like such a good, like, strong tag team to have for Oedo Tai because I, I don't think at that point they had like a definitive tag team. Mm, uh, at that time it was just Team Sendai because Kagetsu and Andras had challenged for the tag belts, so they were technically the defined tag team. But Kagetsu was mostly doing her singles thing. I mean, to be fair, at the time you also had like Natsu and um, Andras competing for the titles yeah 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 so basically they were just kind of revolving things around yeah i mean it wasn't like uh like tcs had um konami and kiona and like stars had saki and mayu and stuff like that yeah yeah, yeah. they didn't have a definitive one yeah but it should have been this yeah if i'm so... honest because they worked really well together saying they were in the ring together for like two minutes but yeah 100 percent, it should have been this team uh which also Reminds me after they get the elimination after Jamie Hader just murders Saida. <laughs> that they also had another very good short-lived tag team that didn't get much of, but we got a tag league out of it. Uh, final entries were Natsuko Tora and Hazuki, also from Otosai, in hoodies. Yeah. So they were up to no good. So. <laughs> yeah, it was like it was really weird how they like handled Oedotai in 2019 because they had. Probably like some of the best wrestlers on the roster, and they were just like, we're just gonna let them do singles, tag, and like everything else. Well, I mean, Oedotai was like the lifeline because they could just depend on them for anything. Yeah, that's true. But it, it was like it was different compared to like all the other factions, like like I said, where you had the definitive singles star, and then you had like the tags. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was different because like. I don't know. They were just more of a unit where it didn't matter who teamed with who. It didn't matter any of that. They didn't label anybody to being in a tag team or anything. They just kind of could do whatever they wanted. Which I guess in the end works for them. Oh, yeah. Uh, with the talent they had, yeah. Because, I mean, like, Kagetsu brought Andras in and immediately like, challenged for the white belt. So it was just kind of like, hey, go do whatever you want. <laughs> uh which reminds me of a really fun Oedotai, all Oedotai order match. I think it was in 
Shinkaba? I don't know. But we'll, we'll get we'll eventually watch it. But uh yeah, so they just kinda of fucking went at it here. You could tell they were having the time of their lives. They they were just loving every bit of this. Uh then of course Azuki <laughs> and Natsuko with the big brain. Natsuko's just pulling on Andraza's leg and Azuki's trying to fucking knock her off. <laughs> Eventually gets it <laughs> with a little assistance from Jamie accidentally. Uh, and they won the gauntlet. Uh, basically, in this tag match, I think most of the competitors competitors were in the tag league, but they but they all had different partners except for Hazuki and Natsuko. Probably, yeah. And Daffy Amasan teamed with Hana that year, I think. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. And Kiana Konami, uh, Andras and Kagetsu were team Sendai. Jamie ended up teaming teaming with B. Uh, I don't remember. I remember Kid and Saya being in the tournament, but oh, Saya team with Saya Matani, and I think Kid team with Hanan, maybe. Maybe we we I, might have to run this back at one point. Yeah, but I but I think I think that's I think that's that was the teams, but yeah, fun gauntlet match. It was like quick too. It was like every match was like two minutes, two minutes of them just going balls to the walls, which. Stardom really should just keep doing that. Yeah, for sure. They should just let everybody be interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Next match was the... uh, I know it was a goddess match. A goddess is a Stardom Tag League match, but I don't remember which one. Yeah, it was the Tag League Blue blue Block. We had Oedo Ties, Martina, and Natsu Samire versus Tokyo Cyber Squad's Bobby Tyler and Zoe Lucas. (laughs) Yeah, we sure did, didn't we? Uh, 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 well, first, first of all, my favorite part was Natsu and Martina's entrance. Oh yeah, for sure, because they were fucking loaded. I'm pretty sure they were shoot drunk. <laughs> I feel like Natsu was probably shoot drunk, but Martina's Irish, so she could have had about ten beers and still been fine to wrestle. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Natsu was probably shoot fucking drunk because she was trying to stomp at the kids. They're <laughs> <laughs> picking up streamers and she's out here trying to fucking stomp on them. Uh, uh, just want to say, dude, Martina's probably like one of the best gaijins they ever bought in because like she's so fucking good. And like, I don't know what to say, but like she's just very, very good at pro wrestling. <laughs> I think I'll say as a whole, anyway, I feel like, this isn't even me being biased, I feel like the British Gaijin were better for stardom than the Americans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know, Rebel Kel was the best one and everybody else was kind of under under her. Oh, you know what I found out was a match? I found out Rebel Kel had a triple threat with Hannah and B Presley, and I think we should watch that. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. We should just watch her just being the signed person for TCS. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I can't believe they drafted her in just to carry around a sign and trip over her own feet. They, they drafted her because she was tall. We gotta review the Golden, the Oedo Tai Golden Week show where Natsu's on commentary talking about how fucking tall Rebel Kel is. Yeah, she was like, we don't like Rebel Kel here because she's like six feet tall. Yeah, and she's taller than everybody else. We don't like her. Honestly, uh, I think they should just have commentary and put Natsu on it because that was yeah. probably the best. I love watching that show back, but anyway. Yeah, okay, we're definitely going to review that either next week or the week after. <laughs> because I'm just thinking about that whole show. Like, 
it was a lot of fun. Uh, one match I hated, but I, I don't want to talk about that right now. We're, we're in a good mood. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, yeah, Martina was just so good. Uh, I love the little rebound code breaker she does. So fucking fun. Uh, not only that, her and like Natsu just had a good time and they gelled well as a tag team. Uh, and it's a damn shame that they never won the Goddess of Stardom tag belts, but... And they won't now, because Natsu said goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Natsu's probably going to go to, like, over the top in Ireland or something at this point. Because that was her meant to be her plan for last year. She was like, I want to go to Ireland just to hang out with Martina. And maybe I'll do some wrestling shows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I'll do some... Yeah, that's understandable. Uh... I don't know. They could, they could probably do a lot of successful stuff in other places as well. But yeah, uh, this <laughs> match was fine. I, okay, the highlight of this match was by far Martina and Natsu is what we're trying to get out here. The other two, they were just kind of here. <laughs> the all I remember of Bobby and Zoe was they did a like a double team on Martina and then. Zoe like did the splits on the outside and I thought I was waiting for Martina to move so Bobby could drop kick her. That's what I was waiting on too, and then it just didn't happen. I was like, bro, what? And instead Bobby did like a really terrible like rebound flatliner. <laughs> yeah. Can't that be... one move that Liv Morgan does and does it better. Yeah, that that's actually for true. <laughs> <laughs> uh I can't believe I spe- Especially since she's, like, the one that I remember actually doing it. And she just does it bad. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. I guess we should get to the winner. Uh, <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, Martina and Natsu, of course, they get the win. Don't... I can't remember if this was their only win of Tag League or not. But I feel like it probably was, but... Sad times, but Whatever. I'm not going to lie as well, because I was just looking on cage match. The match was six minutes long, and it felt way longer than that. Yeah, and I think we know why that was. But <laughs> Also... Yeah, it was it was Natsu and Martina prattling about. <laughs> yeah. yeah, totally. But uh, I don't know if you remember this, but for some reason they just decided to do the Kagetsu and Andros dissension angle during this tag league. And Bobby Tyler pinned Kagetsu. Uh, let, I'm let's pretend you didn't next, say that. <laughs> let, let's move on to the next match. <laughs> yeah, so the, uh, the next match was another Goddess Tag League match for the red block. It was Mayu and Saki versus Azumi and Momo. This ruled. Oh, my God. Uh, it was such a good match. I forgot how good Mayu and Saki were, was as a tag team. And then I was watching, I was like, yeah, oh, yeah, they actually ruled. <laughs> <laughs> also, they swapped gear for this match. Yeah, I was. I forgot that. I knew it happened, but I forgot it happened during tag league of all things. <laughs> well, I was really confused until like I looked properly, and I was like, "Wow, Saki's really tall." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. I'm like, "Dang, why are you short as hell? What happened?" <laughs> but no, this this was, this was a good tag match. Momo and Izumi, of course, they they were gonna work like a well-oiled machine all throughout. Uh. And surprise, okay, so, one, somebody, can we just do an Azumi and Saki singles, let's, like, let's, let's do one and, like, give them, like, ten minutes, maybe, because they had a lot of fun interactions, at least in this one, 
and also, it's funny that how some things stay the same over time, and the ending result was Momo getting pinned. <laughs> <laughs> uh, poor Momo. Yeah, that's for true. You uh, know what? I think it, I think it kind of like makes it up for it though that Azumi and Momo won the uh, tag league the next year. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, they didn't spoiler in case you haven't seen it somehow. Well, I mean, it's probably not even uploaded yet, so. Yeah, that's true. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, uh, hopefully Momo and Azumi eventually hold the goddess belts together because God, they are really good as a tag team. Uh, I'm surprised they haven't held it at all yet, really. Like as a team, <sighs> you know. Like, like looking at it from now, I'm really surprised that they haven't held the titles together. You know, it's, there's this thing. You know, it's something to do with the wind and the air. I, actually, I have no excuse. I don't know why. <laughs> no, it's just because Momo's a jobber, but never mind. I, I mean, yeah, that's also true. Uh, <laughs> She's the fourth best member of Queen's Quest. I agree. So, what was the next match? Was was uh, the... It was a Ariza and Kagetsu. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, wasn't the white belt match? I feel like I'm missing people off this card. But yeah, <laughs> no, that that was the next. No, it was match. just a really small card. And I'm fine with that. Honestly, <laughs> I prefer this over your seven-hour-long matches and cards, Bushi Road, like that. <laughs> uh, but um, dude, okay, all right. Soon, all right. Soon as the first, soon as the intro to involve all hit, I was like, God. Top three wrestler of all time. If you don't agree, you're dumb. Okay. <laughs> uh, and not only that, this match rules. First of all, all right. I, I think we're gonna dive into it a little bit here, but I just want to get into my Kagetsu propaganda because that's what we do on this podcast. In case you don't know, Ototai, yeah, we're very, very pro away to tie around here. Yeah, and we're very pro Kagetsu. Don't know where she <laughs> ranks on Beth's list all time. She's like number two for me, and that's only like behind Eddie Guerrero, which understandable. Like yeah, I I easily put her in like top five, top three maybe. Yeah, I'm like, it's just hard not to because no matter who they put her in the ring with, rookie or main event talent, she's gonna get a good match out of them because I guess it helped with her being the trainer. She just knows what everybody's good at and she can adapt to whatever style that her opponent needs. Which is is weird because like this is just like a general sports thing but usually when somebody is like the, the absolute top tier talent yeah they're not very good at training people how to be good but that was definitely not the case with Kagetsu uh, yeah Tommy's a trainee of hers both Saya's uh, probably missing more but yeah that was definitely not the case for her uh, and you know Bro, this match is so good. It just reminded me how good Ariza's reign was and how good Kagetsu was all at one. Uh, they started off with their strike exchange. I remembered liking uh, the five-star match they had better the time on the draw, and then I went back and went back and watched this. I was like, actually, kind of changed my mind here. Um, there was... Uh, I don't know if you caught this, but like Ariza was on the apron, and like Kagetsu... Okay, Ariza fell off the apron, but she wasn't on her feet yet, and Kagetsu was just going to go for the suicide dive for Garth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the shot. Like, Kagetsu was like, I don't care, I'm going for broke. Somebody's going to have to catch me. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that, because uh, when I watched it, I was like, hang on, Ariza's on the floor, and, like, Kagetsu's, like, practically in the middle of the ring about to jump on her. 
Yeah, luckily somehow she, she got onto her feet. Yeah, she probably did a Shawn Michaels kip up just to get hit. <laughs> uh, crazy. She, she just saw Kagetsu flying towards her and she's like, shit, I better catch her. Or she's yeah. gonna beat me at the dojo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Kagetsu, known terrible trainer, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course, Dave Meltzer, stardom analyst, anyway. Uh, but there was, okay, this is something very, very small. But I loved it. So, of course, we know uh, Arisa's biggest weapon is her real kicks, her very real kicks. Uh, so, Kagetsu decided, I'm just going to take apart every singular part of her body. So, she went up to the top. She, like, Arisa was laying down. It's like, all right, she'll probably do a double foot stomp. Yeah, she did that, but she did it to her leg. And then, yeah, that looks so nasty. <laughs> yeah, I'm taking that. Nobody, nobody fucking watched. Nobody watched Stardom. <laughs> nobody watched Kagetsu matches <laughs> in 2019. I'm taking all of this. Uh, and then she proceeded to follow that up by doing one to her arm. I was like, "Damn, that is hot, bro. Why has nobody done this?" Uh, Zumi, take this, bro. One of your finishers is an arm bar. What is wrong with you? <laughs> uh, but no, that was like something very small. And then, uh, of course, she goes to work in the arm with her uh, Kamara lock and all that going through uh the motions really and then get to Arisa's heat spots and um Arisa the real aerial assassin with the shining star cutter uh you know what she does that so much better than Will yeah well I mean duh didn't Will teach it her as well yeah and she taught him the Brazilian kick and he did it terribly <laughs> <laughs> that's like it's like he pulled his hamstring whenever he tried to do it <laughs> Uh, that man really tried, but... <laughs> yeah, just don't ever do that again. I don't know if you're doing it now. I'm not watching your matches, but don't do it. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it was clean, too. And Big Boss Kagetsu said, yeah, I'm not losing to that. <laughs> uh, they got up, and of course, they just went added to the final stretch. Uh, Kagetsu got her missed in. She hit the uh, Oedo Coaster, didn't get it, went for the Death Valley Bomb. It reminded me how protected the Death Valley bomb was that in the other match we watched. It just reminded me how much that was Kagetsu's die move. Mm. Uh, but eventually, in the end, Arisa gets the win, of course. You just can't escape the real kicks. I don't know what to tell you, man. Uh, there was there was a spot that I really liked in this. Yeah. I don't know if you caught it with um, Kagetsu doing Arisa's like, top, top rope kick. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The... Yeah, she like stole. She stole that, and then Ariza stole her Death Valley Driver. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot what that kick's called. It's like nine, nine. I don't know. It's something with numbers. But anyway, uh, yeah, I actually did call that. Actually, I forgot for a second. <laughs> yeah, I think that was like I think that was like right at the ending stretch. But I thought that was like really. Yeah, the ending nice stretch. Nice to add in. The ending stretch was just on. They like put. They were already in third gear, and they were just like, all right, we're going to try to break the gear for the final part. Yeah. Uh, I think, I for, going back and watching these, I think I forgot how good Kagetsu was at the ending stretch. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, I vaguely remember, I think it was a tag league match that her and Andras faced, uh, I think it was Tam and Arisa, actually. Uh, uh, ending stretch with like her and Tam... It was just like a crazy battle of like missing kicks, and then uh, I think Tam went for the tiger. I might be wrong, but I think Tam went for the tiger suplex, and like Kagetsu rolled out of it and just fucking kneed her in the jaw to win. <laughs> like 
it was just a crazy ending stretch. But yeah, yeah, that's that's one thing. I was just like watching both these matches. I was just like, dog. Maybe it was a case of wrong time for when people were actually watching Stardom worldwide. But one of the all-time greats. Like there, mm. it just it's hard to put into words how good she is, even when you try. It's it's just hard to explain, really. And you know what? With her having like just over a year out. I think she's still going to be that good when she wrestles again. Is it next week? Yeah, I believe. Uh, I think oh, it's... She is, yeah. It's next week. Uh, well, yeah. Since this week is technically about to start, then yeah, it's next week. Uh, yeah, actually, you know what? I can actually see that. Um, I know in her blog, she like wrote like she wasn't feeling like anywhere close to where she was in ring-wise uh, as far as from a physical standpoint. Uh, which, I mean, it's understandable. She hasn't wrestled in over a year, so... Uh, which I'm not, like, expecting her to come out here and just be the Kayetsu hole, but I'm just glad she's going to come out here and do all she can. Because hmm. I don't think, like, she was expecting to wrestle anyway. Because, I mean, when she said she was retired, she, that was it, that she was done. Yeah. This is just a thing where... I don't know how the contacts went. I don't know if she contacted Kyoko or if Kyoko contacted her, but I think she knew, like, deep down, like, she needed to do this for Kyoko. Uh, it's just something that she needed to do. Uh, and, of course, you know, we talked about how Mako was cool with it, so... Uh, yeah, Mako was just kind of like, stop asking me and go do it. <laughs> yeah. I'm in London. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure Mako's mindset probably would have been, she probably would have been more disappointed if Kagetsu didn't do it. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but yeah, uh, I think she could be close, especially if like they do run with her versus Oscar. I think they could do something special that'll probably, even though it'll be like Kagetsu's one match of the year, or like ever, or for the rest of her career, or rest of whatever. But it probably will. If it's her and Oscar, it'll probably end up on match of the year list all the way when. Oh yeah, yeah. All the way till we get to December, probably. Yeah, definitely. Because neither one of them is going to hold back. They're going to go all, all the way. You know what? If, if Kyoko doesn't give us Kagetsu and Asuka, I'm going to be a little disappointed. I think she will, because I believe Kagetsu and Oscar also help him put together the show. Yeah, plus they were like the first two announced, so... Yeah. It would be a bit weird if she didn't run with that, but... No, I, I think she will. I think in Kyoko's mind, she needed those two mainly for this show. She got them, and I think she probably feels that's the best way for the main event to go is that. Uh, but yeah, this match, incredible. Like I said, I'm going to say it again once ever we get to the second match. Kagetsu, one of the greatest of all time. If you have not seen any of her work, do so. Like, I was at a point where I didn't want to watch wrestling. I found Kagetsu and like that made me want to continue to watch wrestling. So like, that's <laughs> how good she is. Uh, but, yeah, yeah. If, if somehow you haven't seen Kagetsu... Stop listening to this podcast and go watch a Kagetsu match. All right, now that you're back, what do you think? You think we're right? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, main event, World of Stardom Championship. Uh, winner of the five-star Grand Prix, uh, Hannah Kimura challenging B Priestley for the red belt. I think we should have a little bit of context for this match because... Yeah, yeah, yeah. First of all, like, B Priestley beat Kagetsu. Yeah. At yeah, like a Queen's Quest produce. 
Yeah, which was really fucking weird. But it just had no build. It just happened. Yeah, but I think it happened as well because Kagetsu, for some odd reason, was really high on B. Yeah. Like, she was the one who brought her into Oedo Tai last year. Uh-huh. And she was the one who gave her the title. I don't know why. I don't know why Kagetsu had that much power, but... Kagetsu's a nice I'll trust person. a word. Kagetsu's <laughs> a nice person. Leave her alone. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'll trust a word on that, but... Yeah, so, like you said, Hannah won the five-star Grand Prix that year, and... You have to this... understand, uh, <clears throat> 2019 uh, was the foundation of TCS. Uh, it was during that stardom draft is when... Well, it was before that Hannah decided she wanted her own unit. Uh, it was just, like, her and uh, Mary Apache for a while. Uh, and then... I thought you were going to say Rebel Kel. No, no, no. Uh, Rebel Kel came as the... As the draft was coming up, before that, yeah. was Hannah and Mario Pachi, because Hannah had went to Mexico. Uh, so TCS got founded in 2019, and they it all just kicked off from there, really. Yeah, they just took off. Uh, the core three of Konami, Kiona, and Hannah was just perfect, and then them also having the rookies and Yoniyama, uh, perfect. It just went off to the races. It kicked off like it needed to. And it, okay, I want to put it in the context. Hannah Hazuki and Kagetsu worked Madison Square Garden this year. Uh, God, that's so weird. Yeah. So, <laughs> okay, so they had, they have, they had, don't know what the case is now. Honestly, I hope it continues because Jonathan Gresham is the best booker for women Ring of Honor has ever had. And, after I saw he got Trisha Doyle, so uh, they had a working relationship with Ring of Honor, and Ring of Honor had a Woman of Honor dark match. Well, Mayu was also on this card because she was defending the Woman of Honor title on the main card. But on yeah, the show, wasn't this the first Women of Honor title? Because they've had like three at this point. Uh, yeah. I think that like, I know every time they start a women's division, they do it for like a couple of months and then they forget about it and then redo it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, the second time Kelly Klein got hurt and then Bully Ray was booking the women's division for some reason and he did awful with it. And when his contract came around, they decided not to renew his uh, contract. And whenever they were negotiating with the, uh, you know who Jonathan Gresham is, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They were negotiating with Jonathan Gresham. Uh, he started after all that stuff had came out about the ROH dojo and how bad it was. Uh, Gresham had stepped in and started uh, being a trainer there. Uh, and rightfully so. He's a very smart guy when it comes to wrestling. Um, and uh, this was at the time they also had contract with Mark uh, negotiation with Marcus Squirrel for some reason. And they gave him head booking for some reason. Uh, but Jonathan Gresham. I don't know if he wanted head booking or not, uh, but he basically asked for control of the women's division since Bully Ray wasn't going to be back. And they gave it to him, of course. They, they didn't hesitate. They were like, yeah. And Gresham's thing was during all this pandemic, because for most of the first pan, like first start of it, like ROH just straight up wasn't run, running shows at all. Um, and then Gresham had decided, like, he just wanted to prolong the women's division until they get to a certain point and then start up a tournament. Uh, and that's what they're doing now. 
Um, but yeah, they had a working relationship with uh, Stardom, and they had a pre-show match uh, also. But they ended up posting it on YouTube. So it was Sumi Sakai, somebody, and Hannah taking on some Ring of Honor rookie, Hazuki and Kagetsu. Hazuki and Kagetsu were high-speed and red belt champions. So those belts were in Madison Square Garden. Just want to let that sink in. Hannah worked in Madison Square Garden this year. She was white hot. Uh, some people from seeing her on that show became fans, and they also had that stardom show that was like in New York, right? Yeah, I think it was around that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was Mania weekend. Uh, but yeah, uh, I mean, well, that would make a lot of sense then, uh, since they were all in America, just put them on the show. But yeah, Hannah was like white hot. So like, uh, and she had one of the most interesting feuds that were built in just like random tag matches with her and Momo, and carried over to five star where they beat the mess out of each other and uh hannah went to the finals she beat konami with her uh package pile driver the tiger lily and like if you were on social media at that time everyone except for maybe like one person maybe <laughs> like they were just like hannah's gotta win this belt <laughs> yeah this is not us with a bias or exaggeration, like that was like the common consensus consensus around that time was Hannah's got to win this belt, right? But, yeah, and this isn't even us just being like not the biggest fans of B. Prisley. No, this is like proof of fact. Like, you can't, we, I can't personally go into other B defenses except for the ones she actually lost and say there were other times where there were like a common consensus that B has to drop here. This mm. one, however, was very much. B has to drop here, Hannah's got to win the red belt. I've never seen, like, a company drop the ball completely that isn't WWE. Like, it it was right there. Yeah. Hannah was the the biggest star at the moment. She was bigger than Mayu Kagetsu. Internationally, without a doubt. Yeah. I mean, this is, like, a, like, I knew Stardom like way before this, but I became a fan of Stardom because of Hannah. So it was like, I know I'm not, you know, in the, the only one in that boat. Oh no! And this was at a First time where Stardom was or, trying uh, to get international fans. Yeah, this is before. Uh, first three I saw was like the six person tag with Kagetsu, Chris Wolf, and Hannah, and then that was it. Uh, but yeah, this is like not us. And, you know, I know what fans will jump to. Oh, they had a prolonged plan. She was going to be Mayu. And, of course, unfortunately, that didn't happen. But here's the thing. You don't really need to do the Mayu run if, if we're going to talk, like, realistically. It was right there. How much buzz that would have created internationally if Hannah won the belt, it was right there. And they just completely missed the boat. Uh... We just want to set the stage before we get into the actual match because it just is mind-boggling for us to just sit here. Like, we even talked about it before we started. It's just mind-boggling to sit here and watch how hard they fumbled the bag with this one. I think I think we've even had this conversation, like, before we started doing the podcast together. Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. I know we've had it, actually. I think it was around... I think it was... Uh, the week of or week after uh, Hannah had passed or whatever, we were just uh, reminiscing, and I think that was, like, one of the things we brought up. We were just like, mm. 
man, we don't. I don't know how it just didn't happen. The, yeah, um, that's so that's the the story behind the yeah thing. But I think if you don't talk about the context of this match, it's, it's not going to make it's not going to make much sense. But yeah, if you don't talk about the context of this match, this match is just going to be a pretty pretty good match. Actually, uh, it's just going to be a match that was I think there. this is definitely one of B's best matches. Oh, for sure. And I, I'm going to get into that in a second, but without the context, this is just a match that happened. It's a match that happened with B1 and lost. You need, like, that context to understand 2019 was Hannah's year. Uh, and for that very same reason, we just want to get that context out there. But um, this match, it was actually, like, like she said, it probably be one of these best matches uh i also like saw this in the other match the overview maybe hannah's just very smart and knows that there's some people who just she can't have a straight up wrestling match with so she just tries to make it a fight and it's very smart actually i think that's what that was just like hannah anyway like yeah. i'm not gonna lie her best matches were where she was just brawling with someone Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, because as much as I like Hannah as a wrestler, she wasn't like the this technical polished wrestler that like Kagetsu or Mayu were or no, was. No, she was starting to add that stuff into her game for sure, and she was getting there. But like, no, that was her thing. She was just gonna brawl. But yeah, the the match did start out with like the kind of Brit rest basics that B was probably taught. Yeah, yeah. And then Hannah <laughs> decided she was going to extend the hand. B went to go shake it. She spit on her middle fingers. Fuck you, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? I forgot this happened. That was probably like one of the best moments of the match. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't expecting it. I thought they were just going to like shake hands or like she was going to kick her in the gut or something. But that was way better. <laughs> so uh, This is just like a general note. I love when uh, the Japanese wrestlers do that because Natsu did the same thing earlier on in the show. Oh, yeah. She was like, to Bobby, you. she was like, fuck you, bitch. And Martina was like, she said it, not me. <laughs> and like, I'm pretty sure Natsu was just loaded, okay? <laughs> Anna, she was, she was on. She was really ready. Uh, but no, this match spilled to the outside and they just started brawling and I really enjoyed it. Was it did they do that spot where Hannah rammed B's head into the wall? I believe so, actually, yeah. Because I don't know if I'm confusing that with her match with Julia. Wait, wait, or wait. Or if because I know Hannah did that a lot because her mom did the exact same thing. No, I believe it was the Julia match because I think they only went as far as the chairs. They did a lot with the chairs in the crowd. Hmm. So I think oh, I, yeah, because I remember, was it B got launched into the chairs? Uh, yeah, and then eventually it somehow got to... No, 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 I'm thinking of the Julia match, but yeah, uh, B did get launched into the chairs. <laughs> you know what? Now that I look back on it, those two matches were really similar. Yeah, they were, actually. Insanely <laughs> similar. Okay, maybe Hannah was just so good that I just don't even remember they were that similar, but... <laughs> I feel like with Hannah... She just had a lot of the same matches, but they were good. Yeah. It's like not like... Good. Yeah, it's not like any other wrestler where they have the same match over and over again. And you notice it. <laughs> yeah. The Young Bucks, but... <laughs> yeah. Uh, Johnny Organo and anybody in WWE, but yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, this was just like an absolute fight. And 
that like when Hannah worked with like the scrappy brawler, mm-hmm. that's when like you really saw like a distinctive character. And this is what I don't like about Stardom at the minute is that everybody's doing the same thing. Nobody has a personality. The wrestlers are not allowed to have fun like they used to. It just doesn't. I mean, we can sit here and talk for days about how the work rate was better, but like it just seems like everything interesting about people are stripped down from them. Yeah, that's true. It's like th- this is like what's weird about like at least this match is that you can distinctively tell like B Prisley has kind of like the, the British style and then Hannah has like this insane brawler style. Yeah. But uh, like, the, like the main event now, Utah, well, I mean, I wouldn't say Utami and Shuri are that similar, but they would just wrestle like a really technical match. Yeah. Uh, and maybe that has to do with Milano being one of the trainers because he, well, I mean, sort of kind of because he was trained in Toyman. He specialized in technical wrestling. But he had a technical wrestling lucha hybrid style, which pretty pretty cool. Uh, maybe he should also teach the lucha to some of the people, but you know, it's neither here or there. But uh, yeah, a lot of the wrestlers just seem all similar, like they're all trying to be technicians, and yeah, you, yeah don't do that. You're not going to stand out that way. <laughs> There's no way. It's just going to seem like the same wrestlers having the same match every match on the card. Don't do that. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, this match uh, picked up very fast. Hannah hit the headbutt. I was hyped. I was like, oh yeah, shoot headbutts, baby. Uh, <laughs> Hannah, uh, I forgot how protected they actually protected the Tiger Lily. Like, she like just made it one of her finishes and they protected yeah. her pretty well. I think, I think she's, if I remember correctly, I think she only won two matches with that move. Yeah. And, the, and I think like the rest that she, like big matches wise, they were just like preludes. <laughs> We lose to the hydrangea, which she did here, and I thought she was going to tear B's arm off the body, and I was like, oh, well, yeah. <laughs> uh, honestly, the finishing the finishing part kind of fell flat for me, but I don't think it took away from the match. It just fell flat for me. It just, yeah, I can see that. It just seemed like, of course, we know, like, uh, B Priestley invented the uh, Queen's Landing, uh, so that's her finish. Uh, she does in the corner. Uh, but it just seemed like in that closing stretch, it went from a lot happening to nothing to the Queen's Landing. That's it. Yeah, I thought like the pacing was a little bit off. That's my only gripe with the match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It had dips in it. Yeah, because it was like it was at, at the start they they did a little bit of technical and then it went to like level a hundred and then it dipped. And then B won. <laughs> yeah. it, it, it was weird. But like I said, one of one of B's better defenses. Uh, and of course, this was the prelude to her getting challenged by Mayu afterwards. And she would lose. And we are not going to review that match. That match was rough. <laughs> okay. Uh, you can go watch it if you want. It uh, was not very good. And it was very bad. Uh, yeah. So- the, the one time you actually feared that Mayu might have actually broken her neck on a neck bump. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was mad. <laughs> uh, <laughs> before we get to the uh, year-end climax in 2019, we're going to stop for a second uh, and take a look at the seedling show that happened on the 12th. Um, it was, ori- was it originally scheduled for Corican? 
Uh, I think so. And then they changed it to the 26th. And then they went, no, we're going to do it on the 12th and we're going to do it at the dojo. Yeah, which I'm glad they changed the card because I was not ready for Lost Egos to get disbanded. But the main event gave me some sort of belief that they won't. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'll, I'll let you go ahead and do your thing. Yeah, so there was only three matches on this card, which I'm really glad about because I don't think they've got many people that are actually in seedling. No, contractor-wise, no way. Nah, but um, we start off with Itsuki Aoki and Kaho Kobayashi versus Hinori Hana and Riko Kawahata. And they were focused on this dance battle, and I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> they came out to Nicki Minaj's Starships again and just did a dance routine, which was my favorite part. And then Itsuki and uh, Kaho was like, guess what, we can dance too. <laughs> <laughs> Except it looked absolutely terrible, but... I don't know. Like, I don't know. Kyle was kind of getting it. All right. <laughs> Compared to the one that, uh, the same dance that Honori did, uh, Kaho kind of had the best one. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Look, can I just say, I think Kaho and Itsuki are an absolutely amazing tag team together. Oh, dude. That, I was actually going to say that. I was like, uh, this tag team is going to save tag wrestling and Joshi. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I thought they worked incredibly well. They play off each other. We even saw this in the three-way they had. They just play off each other so well. Uh, I hope they like continue on. I don't care where it's at, but just I hope they continue on theming. Yeah, I mean, I think if they ever do a, a tag tournament again in Seedland, they should definitely be a tag team. No, yeah, for sure. Uh, in case you don't know, uh, Kaho, she's a luchador. <laughs> yes, you don't know. <laughs> uh, but no, yeah, they had they have a fun dynamic, uh, especially with the contrast and styles with the uh, Kaho with the lucha style, and then Itsuki's uh, Smash Mouth. I'm gonna just take your head off style, in which we will get to that. Uh, yeah, Itsuki's menace style. Uh, she's affiliated with Ikuda Hadaka's Sean Coucher, so I believe she may have been trained by Hadaka. So good because Ikuda Hadaka is very good. Uh, <laughs> so. <laughs> One of my favorite spots in this match, uh, I think it was, was it Rico? It might have been Rico. Uh, or, no, what's her, was that her, what's her name? Oh. Rico? Yeah, well, it's Rico, okay. So many Ricos in this company, everybody leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah. Uh, Kaho had, it was either her or Hanoi Hannah in the camel clutch. and I he, was I was going to hope that you brought this up. <laughs> yeah, and Itsuki was doing the dance, and she just had fun, and then she's like, okay, you can sell it, and then started putting a face lock on Kaho. Kaho was like, what the fuck? <laughs> Kaho was like, fucking idiot, get off me. <laughs> like, bro, what is wrong with you? <laughs> uh, that's what makes Itsuki one of the most interesting people in Joshi, is because she's a very good serious pro wrestler, but she has first where she's just out of it. <laughs> mm. uh, but, yeah, um, I think Rico and uh, Hanori are actually, like, coming together quite well as a tag team. Of course, like, they got hiccups, but they're not, like, even a year in or barely a year in. So, mm-hmm. I think they're coming together. I, I think they've only just started, like, recently tag teaming as well. So Yeah, I think they're coming together well. If they continue teaming, I don't have a problem with that. I think they actually gel quite well. Uh, the ending of this match, I really want to talk about. So, it's... Itsuki and I want to say Hanoi Hannah. Uh, so Itsuki runs off the ropes to hit her lariat. And this is why I'm glad this was empty arena because it sounded like 
she committed an absolute murder when she hit this lariat. It was so fucking loud. She ain't slap a thigh. It was just straight arm to chest. <laughs> Crazy. And yeah, Itsuki and uh, Kaho get the win. I hope they continue teaming. Fun match. <laughs> yeah, it was really fun. Uh, this next match, it was totally different. <laughs> the, this next match was fucking pure chaos. We had Rini Yamashita and Yumiko Hota teaming up again, which I really like them as a tag team. Yeah, for sure. Versus uh, Ayami Sasamura and Riko Kaiju. The, this match was like really short, but they packed in so much. They just did everything. Riko got... and, and, and by everything, we mean like everything. Brawling, inside stuff, everything. Uh, Rico got abused like this whole match, and she just got up and took it and asked for more. And it was crazy. <laughs> there was um, a bit in this match that I, I loved it. Uh, Rico was like grabbing all the kick pads and whacking oh, yeah. uh, Hota with them. And Hota was just stood there like, I'm way too old for this shit. <laughs> she was just like, You're hitting me with pads. <laughs> <laughs> Rico was just like, She kept picking up like the bigger ones and just like trying to hit her as hard as she could. And Hoto was just stood there like, this kid is stupid. <laughs> uh, and you'll never guess who won this match. <laughs> yeah, shockingly, the old guard won. Yeah, it kind of fucked up. They let the old guard ruin Joshi. Yeah, I mean, the old guard, Yumiko Hoto. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then after the match, I think uh, Yumiko wants a singles with uh, Riko Kaiju. I hope so. I think that's what she was alluding to because she was just like, oh, kaiju, singles. I was like, I'm not great at Japanese, but I'm pretty sure she just asked for a singles. And I guess that would mean <laughs> I, uh, Ayami and uh, Rina will probably have singles, which cool. Just more of having Rina and Yumiko on ceiling is fine with me, so. Just more of Rika Kaiju going to become the next Bruiser Brody is fine with me. I think she's a catalyst that Joshi needs, honestly. I'm not even joking. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that brings us to our main event, which was the a lot. <laughs> it was a six-woman tag match. We had Asuka, Hanako Nakamori, and Makoto versus Ariza Nakajima, Nane Takahashi, and Hanori Hana pulling the double. Yeah, it was weird she was pulling the double, but I mean, hey, helps her get I'm rep- fine with it. <laughs> yeah, helps to get reps in. And it made for a fun part where the Los Egos plus one team just started to beat the brakes off of her. <laughs> <laughs> they, like, set on her. <laughs> no, they were just, like, I felt bad for the girl. She was just getting, like, beat up by everybody. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, the other person on the Los Egos team, they're affiliated with a witch and we'll call it. Uh, can't think of the name right now. Uh, shit. I can't think of the name. I'll eventually think of the name, but I know they're affiliated with like some other Joshi company. All I'm thinking is Mima Shimoda, and I don't know why. <laughs> why are you, you just listed off who was on the other team, and you're just like Mima Shimoda. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, technically, I think Mima Shimoda is like the leader of Las Egos, but you know what? She does. She does her one match a year. <laughs> Hey, hey, we got lots of love for Mima Shimoda on this podcast, okay? Mima Shimoda. The, the uh, Spanish god herself. Respect the hell out of her. Loved her being the liaison for No Limit when they were in Mexico. They should run that back. Big love to you, Mima. Naito telling everybody to pay Mima money. 
respect her. Good man. He knows who took care of him and Udro when they were in Mexico. All right. Big big love to Mima. Uh, yeah. Okay. Friend of the podcast, Mima Shimoda. Yeah. If you want to come on one time, just, just hit our inbox. <laughs> A dumb millennial. Oh, of course, we'll get you on. <laughs> <laughs> but no, this match was uh, super fun. Uh, was like the whole roster out there? Because it was loud. They were chanting loud. I think, say whole roster, it was probably just like the two people other there. people out there. Yeah. <laughs> Well, maybe just I think it was just up. Rico and it was probably just Rico Kaiju and Itsuki yelling. Oh yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Why wow, it was so loud. Uh but yeah, uh This match was all over the place. Uh oh, really fun exchange with uh both Arisa and Asuka and Arisa and uh Makoto. So You know what? Not enough people put respect on Makoto. No, no, not at all. Or uh, Hadako Nakamori for that matter. This is my first time seeing her, and she did insanely good. Uh, but, um, yeah, we know a lot of people. We're friends with a lot of people. They'll give Arisa her flowers. Of course, we all give Asuka their flowers because they're one of the best out there today, regardless, no matter what matches, just one of the pure best top five in the world. Uh, and, of course, Weirdo Stardom fans don't give Nene their fl- her flowers, but we give Nene her flowers, okay? Yeah, she beat Momo once, so therefore she's the devil. <laughs> yeah, as if she didn't let her singles champ come out here and get worked clean by Mayu. <laughs> uh, it was just like, this fucking bitch, uh, Nene, lost to uh, beat Momo, therefore she's terrible. Like we didn't get one of the best tag matches out of that with Momo and Ida versus Arisa and Nene. But okay, fine, go off. But yeah, never mind. Uh, but Makoto... as, as I was trying to say, <laughs> yeah, as I was trying to say, everybody gets their flowers, but Makoto does not get her flowers, and it's sad because she's very, very good and very consistent. I think she was one of the few people that like worked with um, WWE's Asuka a lot. Yeah, I can see that. I know she did uh, Reina when it was around, and she ended up, her home base ended up being WNC, uh, which was to Jerry's promotion. Uh, yeah, so she probably worked with like Sherry and yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, Asuka no, for then. sure because uh, they were both in WNC at some point. So yeah, but no, yeah, she's like the, the point being, she's insanely good is what we're trying to get at here. Yeah, <laughs> want more respect on Makoto's name going forward. If you don't do it, we will do it until everybody else does it. <laughs> um, but yeah, dude, this this main event was perfect and i thought the ending was perfect it protected everybody in the match i was like well there's a lot of easy routes they could go but they went the safe route yeah i'm not gonna lie like the the amount of time it went on i thought we were gonna get a time limit draw that's what i thought that's what i thought which i would have been fine with i didn't even realize the three count happened (laughs) yeah i thought it was i mean i would have been fine with the time limit draw but i think i think they played it smart because it gives me a little ease uh they went the smart route or the safe route, which is Nene always wins, and uh, she rolls up Asuka. Uh, so that gives me a little, little hope that Los Egos are probably going to take these tag belts whenever the match happens. And then Asuka's just going to have all the titles, and rightfully so. Oh, yeah, for sure. And Makoto gets some gold, which, thank you. Uh, but overall, if you're looking for a show that was just, like, quick, easy, breezy, this is it. It's three matches. I feel like all of Seedlin's, like, no people show. Well, I mean, they've only done two, but... They all hit. The, this one and the last one, definitely, like, if you've never watched Seedlin before, 
you should definitely watch it. Oh yeah, for sure. I can see that. Um, just great all around. Um, then we head on to Stardom for the year-end climax of 2019. Uh, yeah. So another Clark and Hall show. The as we should. I we believe, love Corican. Yeah, I believe this was the first big show with Bushi Road as the new owners. Oh, big show. What? Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. I, I, I was just saying. Uh, you can go I ahead. mean, you can... Rossi Ogawa's actually Paul White. Uh, you can go ahead and list the dark match. We didn't watch it, but it's cool to end. Yeah, the, the dark match, a typical 2019 stardom opener. We had Saida, Sai Kamitani, and uh, Suki Hoshino beating Hina, Leo, Onizaki, and Rina. There's I like didn't watch those, it. There's like two of those people who are no longer in stardom, and I wish they were. It's so sad. I think it, it was a shame about Hashino, at least. Yeah. Leo, I kind of understand. Uh, I She's remember. old as fuck and wasn't getting anywhere. No offense, but... <laughs> she she was older in, like... I'm pretty sure she had a few injuries along the way, so it's understandable. Yeah, I think she had, like, a back injury, so that... Yeah. That takes you out of it completely, but... I will say, in her last year, when she joined Queen's Quest, she was starting to get good, but then, like, you know, she ended up retiring. Uh, which, I mean, I understand. Uh, Hoshino's just a sad case, because she had just debuted, and she showed a lot of promise, and, like, she seemed... What everybody says Unagi and Sai are going to be, as far as, like, these top-level baby faces. that's what I thought, if Itsuki just kept going, she was going to end up being, because every match she was in, you just felt bad for her. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's uh, sad. Uh, maybe one day she'll eventually come back. Who knows? Joshi's weird. Uh, wrestling in general. She was quite young when she left, so. Yeah. I think she was only like 19, 20. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. So, she could come back, but. Uh, who knows? But, yeah, that's something. Nope. So... But, again, she was one of the ones, this is a little tangent, but she was one of the ones that complained that she was getting, like, hate on social media, so. Yeah, maybe Stardom fans should shut the fuck up. <laughs> I mean, because she was too old for them, but never mind. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Joshi fans in general, but I mean, it is what it is. But yeah, so the uh, the real opener of the show was Oedo Ties, Natsu, Martina, and Jamie, the absolute golden trio, versus Death Yamasam, Jungle Kiona, and Ruaka. They just had a blast here. Yeah, they really fucking did. And this is why, again, I'm I'm actually going to sit here and say anytime we go over 2019 stardom, Natsu should have been multiple time, like, champion. <laughs> it fucking blows that they didn't just, they did that whole fucking Andros leaving angle and just didn't continue to run with the Kagetsu and Natsu and Andros trio until, like, near the very end. Yeah, that was... Oh, God, it was so weird. Because every six-person match they had, all of them banged. No matter who they faced, all of them banged. You know what? I think it was just, like... I waited I had really good, like, trios, pairings. Because, like, Jamie, Martina, and Natsu, like, that was just a pairing that weirdly worked. Uh, I mean, I don't think Natsu knows that much English, apart from, like... 
anything relating fuck. to getting drunk. <laughs> fuck and bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and slut. <laughs> yes, I don't know. Uh, uh, but no, yeah. I think it was just, oh, it'll tell had a bond that was, like, different from other stardom factions. Like, yeah, they'll, like, hang out or whatever, but, like, anytime an Oedotype member circa 2019 posted, even now with Saki and Nasco, anytime they posted, they were just with another member or all the members. Like, they went to Disney World and all that shit that year. Yeah, I, I, uh, I've been a guest on another podcast that hasn't dropped yet, so I'm not going to say too much, but I brought up the fact that Oedotype did work like as a family more than a unit which you don't see nowadays oh that's true and i don't even think that's because of covid is i think it's just because of bushy road being fucking weird oh yeah for sure for sure uh there's yeah it's definitely because of bushy road because the foundation was there throughout any incarnation of auto tide that it was a family and all those men especially when they were getting guided the Japanese members were gonna look out for them and vice versa. Which you can tell because even though like I think Oedotai, like the Japanese members, I don't think their English was that good. But the the Gaijin members always worked really well compared to the other teams. And yeah, although their English wasn't great, they would always hang out. So it was just like it was a relationship between them all that transcended barrier like language barriers that which, I mean, you can still kind of say that now, but, like, it's just a thing where the whole culture of Odotai was changed forced and not naturally. Yeah, which is a shame, but we're, we'll probably drag Bushi Road at the end of this, but... <laughs> oh, we are, and we'll continue to do that as we review old Star shows, which might be the move for us on most of us. <laughs> Even if it's just one show, might be the move. Be something different. We might have to make an extra podcast just to go over 2019 stardom <laughs> yes we got stardust press podcast for all wrestling and another one for just old wrestling uh, <laughs> we'll call it the stardom press podcast <laughs> stardom. No, this is going to be under the same banner and then i'll title it stardom press <laughs> uh, 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 but yeah we'll continue to do this but yeah this uh opening match was fun. They were just having a blast, and Kiona and Jamie worked so well together. They were just laying it in. Yeah, like I really, I I'm not the biggest Jungle Kiona fan. I know, shoot me, but like I kind of miss her. Going back and watching like the matches that she had with Jamie because they worked really well together. I mean, I would rather y'all not shoot her, but if I can't stop <laughs> off from doing that, if y'all just like, he said do it, so I don't want y'all to, but. But yeah, no, I agree. Uh, she's another person, like I said, that's she's been out for a while, and you can she like, even though nobody will directly say it, she just feels like similar like how I said with Goshiozaki and Noah. Watching Stardom shows, you can see that she's missing, even though if you don't acknowledge it, you're just kind of like in the back of your mind, it's noticeable that she's not there. Yeah, but then I think when you think about it, you kind of think like, where would Jungle Kiona fit in at the minute? she'd be losing to fucking every member of DDM at this point. <laughs> she'd be feuding with Julia. Probably. Um, but no, this is a fun opener. Uh, oh, you'll never guess who won. <laughs> oh my god, it was uh, a way to tie. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> back when crazy. they used to win. Yeah, back when they used to win. It's crazy to think about that now. <laughs>
but they got. Sorry, them. I just waxed my elbow. <laughs> Good job, you're fantastic. That's what I get for slander and jungle Kiona. Yeah, they said shoot you. They said no, nah, we'll just make you hit your elbow. <laughs> <laughs> but now, nah. uh, next match uh, was a uh, which match? The artist of Stardom title. This was. That's what I'm about to say. On him, right? Thank God. All right. The uh, the champions Queen's Quest. We had Azumi, Momo Watanabe, and Yutami Hayashista versus Saki Kashima, Starlight Kid, and Tam Nakano, which a weird trio. But I think it just happened because either Saki pinned one of them with the revival, or Kid got the win on one of them, and they were just like, "Hey, let us challenge," because we are the stars members. They don't really have much going on right now. Uh, which, I mean, I'm glad. I mean, honestly, the trio worked for this match. It made it actually very different from other stars versus Queen's Quest matches. Yeah, like, where it was usually, and, like, Tam, Saki, and Mayu or something. Yeah, every artist match was always those trio, that trio, except for, like, this one. Yeah, and this is, again, this is why it's weird that Starlight Kid still hasn't won anything. She was, like, the MVP of this match. Her and Azumi did their shit, and it just showed. They're just like, this is the future. They are very good at wrestling, but as the match continued on, Starlight Kid did not let up, not one bit. Well, yeah, that is very true. Um, <clears throat> which, like I said, just weird to think about that. But uh, it's weird, like we we're talking about. It's weird to watch Utami in this area because in this era because like she wasn't good. <laughs> <And> <laughs> compare that to now. Like, she wasn't good, but she was treated like a god. And then... I mean, there's a part of me that gets, like, the super rookie Yatami thing. But, like, obviously, like, comparing it to, like, what was it? This would have been, like, a year later. She's the champion. Yeah, and it's weird, because she's good now, but... Okay, 2019, she wasn't good, but she was treated like a god, because she was a super rookie. 20? I think it was just compared to the other rookies that were in, like, around at that time. Yeah, and then you fast forward to 2020 to now, she actually has gotten pretty good and has the red belt, but they treat her like she doesn't even matter. Like, we were talking about the stardom poster for the Tokyo Dream Cinderella show or whatever. It's just Julia and Mayu are gigantic, and then you just see tiny Utami in the corner with the red belt. Yeah, and She's meant to be the main champion, and you've got Julia's big, bold head at the front. Yeah, like, just at this rate, just go ahead and put the red belt on her, because, like, you just don't care about Utami's reign. (laughs) Uh, Feel bad for her, but at the same time, it's like, you can't be shocked. Yeah, that's true. Uh, But, yeah, this uh, trios match, really good. Uh, Had a fun sequence with uh, Saki and Mayu, like, once again, Saki Kashima's pretty damn good at wrestling. I don't know. Mm. I don't know where that became a trend where people thought she wasn't, but she is. Uh, and of course, Momo is good, even though she's a jobber. Uh, <laughs> I think this was one of those matches where you really recognize how good Momo actually is. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure. And uh, I felt like I haven't seen the Peach Sunrise in fucking forever until it <laughs> happened here. I feel like I haven't yeah, seen Yeah, because she's been jobbing out recently. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like, like I said, just because of that, I feel like I haven't seen that move in, like, three years. She pulled it out, and I was like, oh, yeah, that move rules. Maybe she should do it more and win. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, she actually won here, which, shocker at this, especially since this was, like, we'll get to it at the end, but this was, like, the start of the Bushi Road era. 
but yeah. The untimed Momo era. Yeah, uh, they retained that. I think this was their only successful defense because they ended up dropping the DDM, so. I think, I think so. Because, like, they were meant to wrestle Oedo Tai. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Oedo Tai beat Tokyo Cyber Squad and then the coronavirus happened. And then I don't think they got their match. I mean, I could be wrong, but... Uh, no, I don't think so. Because after, uh, oh, wait, yeah, yeah, I know the show you're talking about. Yeah, they just never got their match at all. Uh, it was because, uh, whatchamacallit, Natsuko, ha- uh, not Hana, uh, Natsuko, Saki, it was and... Saki and Natsu. No, they right. won the contendership after, I think it was the same night, actually, the DDM won the titles. It could have uh, been. Yeah, because it was a trails match. It was like Hannah, Konami, and I th- might have been Kiana. Uh, but yeah, they ended up beating them. And I think that same night is when uh, DDM won the belts. So yeah, they only got like one defense in. That's a shame, but... Yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, that's all we can say. <laughs> uh, next match was, uh, was it the <clears throat> Hannah Julia singles? Uh, no, it was Hazuki's retirement match against Natsuko Tora. Alright, maybe that match is just more important to me, so I thought it was last. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, I'm not gonna lie, when I watched that match, I thought, this should have been last. Yeah, okay. Or it should have been in between the title matches. Oh yeah, for sure. I think, hmm, I think it should have went, like, before the main event. Because, well, yeah. my thoughts on the Arisa versus Konami match, but I feel like this is probably the second strongest match on the card for obvious reasons. Uh, but then when you think about it, and you think what Hazuki said in her retirement speech. And you're just like, oh, no wonder they just put her here. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder they just stuck a retirement match in the middle of the card. Yeah, but uh, she chose Natsuko. Uh, they had be- they grew to be very close during Natsuko joining Goetotai. There's like videos like on YouTube of them like going out to eat and shit. It's like just them hanging around being pals. Uh, and... Which again leads into the whole like Oedo ties like more like a family than a unit. Yeah. Because like I'm pretty sure most people just get to pick their retirement match and like she could have picked Hazuki realistically could have picked anybody she wanted and she was like ah, I want Natsuko. Yeah, Natsuko? I mean okay, if, if you think about like Hazuki's history and stardom, I feel like it would have made sense if it was, like, either Kagetsu or, like, Azumi. Yeah. Context for people who don't understand. When Natsuko got drafted by Otai, she basically started over and just was the pinfall eater. Um, she didn't get, like, a win until... She didn't get an actual win over a, like, regular roster member, like, until the five-star that year, where she, like, got the sneak win on Andras. And then she pinned uh, Momo in the tag tournament, I think it was. And I think she also pinned Fiona. But, um, yeah, so Context, she basically had to start all over. This year was just her having to work her way back up from the bottom. So her getting this match was not only out of left field, just very cool in retrospect. Um, it was just a big fight field. Like, as soon as they were in the ring, it just felt special before the match even began. And 
going back, I remember a lot of people online not liking this match. And watching this, I don't understand why. Yeah, I don't understand why either. And I don't know if it was because at that time I, I probably kept more to myself about Stardom. But I didn't really see anybody like complain too much about the match. No, I didn't need I didn't see like flat out complaints. I just saw people were just like, yeah, it wasn't very good and I thought differently. <laughs> yeah, especially when uh Hazuki kicked Natsuko so hard in the face she left a boot print. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was this match. I was like, yo, is this the match where Hazuki leaves a boot print? <laughs> uh, yeah, because it was like uh Natsuko like posted it all over social media. She was like, Well, there's one way to go out is just leave me with a big boot mark on my face. Thank you, Hazuki. <laughs> uh <laughs> But yeah, Hazuki, she was like, she was having fun here. Both of them were having fun, but Hazuki was just going all out. She was like, I'm doing everything. Uh, which uh, she got all of her stuff in, and then some. And also, there was a fun spot in this match where Natsuko distracted the referee, and then Jamie, Martina, and Natsuki came in for the other tired interference, <laughs> of course. That just you know beat- what? Again, this, this is why like I wish Jamie, Martina, and Natsu got like a trios run. Because their um, like their tag team move just looks so good when they do it all together. Mm-hmm. Like the the big boot, the forearm, and then Martina's like code breaker. Yeah, it, they were just having fun here. Like I said, they basically it was like the perfect way for Hizuki to go out. It was just her being with the Oedo tie. Uh, there was uh, several spots in this match where like. You know, the common consensus was Hazuki's losing, but there was, like, points where I was just like, maybe she isn't. <laughs> she hit the brain bus. Yeah. Like, okay, maybe she's not. <laughs> and then, <laughs> you know, obviously she does. She kicked out of the F crash the first time, so I was just like, oh, shit. <laughs> but uh, eventually she got put away with the F crash followed by the guillotine leg drop, which that rules not so should continue to do that. Uh there was a part in the match where I thought Hazuki was going to pull off the um, shooting star press. Are you talking about when she went for the top rope senton? Yeah, and I was like, okay, oh my god, what... no, she's going to do it. Yeah, that's what I thought too. I forgot she did the top rope senton. So, like, when she went out, I was like, oh no. <laughs> I don't remember this. <laughs> oh, oh no, no wonder she's retiring. Yeah, she said, no, I'm doing it. <laughs> but no, she did the top rope senton. I kind of forgot about that move. Uh, but yeah, good match. Uh, Nasco got the win, and then that's when Nasco everything just hit Nasco all at once. Uh, afterwards, she, she was just like, "Damn, my friend's actually leaving." Yeah, she just broke down. Like, it was just that was it for her. Like, once the match was over, she was just that's when she broke down, and that was when realization hit. And terrible for like her and Natsu, Natsu especially having Hazuki retire, and then right around Kagetsu retire. Uh, just, yeah, that uh, was just like such a bad run for. I think this was probably like the start of Oedo Tai going completely downhill. Which I want to dive into that again after we review the show, uh, because it'll fall into what we were talking about this morning. But um, it I know it was rough for those two mainly because they're like full time. They're gonna be there. Well. Natsu was technically full-time, but she wasn't contracted. Uh, they were going to be there for pretty much most every show. So, like, it, it was just probably hard for them just to realize, like, okay, these two are no longer going to be here. Uh, and things are changing quickly. But uh, 
afterwards, Suzuki had her ceremony. Everybody came out. Uh, Flowers. I guess his mom came out. I was like, oh, shit, that rules. Yeah, her mother-in-law. <laughs> yeah, her Suzuki's mo- mother-in-law, <laughs> Mom Getsu, came out. And, uh, wow. She was so happy to see Suzuki. I was like, oh, this is sweet. <laughs> yeah, and then, like, it, it was nice. I think this was the first time that I fully watched all of the retirement ceremony because I remember at the time I was like, I can't watch it. I don't want to see Hazuki retire. I watched and I cried. So I was just like, I mean. So I really waited like a year and a half to watch Hazuki's retirement. <laughs> uh, like, I've seen the match, but I always, I always stopped it when um, they were going to do the ceremony because I was like, I don't want to watch it. Yeah. And then uh, Hazuki was just like, I hate stardom. It sucks. I love Odo Tai. <laughs> yeah, her uh, her retirement speech was very alluding to what could possibly have been, and I, I don't know if this was just like. Yeah, I, I feel like wanna, it I was probably wanna, her being truthful, but it's kept her so it. relevant. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to dive deep into it because, like I said, after we finish finish up the show, we're gonna tackle all that because. Mm. I feel like we have to, especially with these two shows, and especially oh, yeah. shows. No more Hazuki, and then Kagetsu retired the day after, or announced she was retired. Well, she announced she yeah. announced it. No, 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 it was the next day. I thought it was after the show, but no, it was the next day. Uh, she was in her little suit. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, we're gonna dive into it because like it's very cryptic, but kind of have a good idea if. You just sit there and think about it, and then fast forward to now, you actually have a pretty good idea of who may be in the wrong, who may be in the right. Yes, but I mean, I don't think we ever realized how in the right. Yeah, they were, but no, no. In hindsight, you you didn't know at the time. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of conspiracy <laughs> with Hazuki, and none of them seem real at all. <laughs> there's only one thing that sounds like plausible and it's that she went to university yeah I mean I don't think her family would be in the Yakuza if they showed up on the show <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> that's my favorite one that I've ever seen is yeah. that Hazuki's family's in the Yakuza and Bushiroad told her to leave yeah and then they let her Yakuza family show up on the show <laughs> fantastic <laughs> Uh, but yeah, next is a uh, hand versus Julia finally thing. Yeah, the, the I love this match. This is my favorite match. I love this match too. This is Julia's best match, and she peaked like within two months in the company. That's wild. <laughs> <laughs> she peaked two months in, and then that was it. After that, everything else went down the drain. <laughs> yeah, Hannah Hannah fucking headbutted her in this match, and then Julia was like, "I'm gonna do." Five rotations on an arm drag. <laughs> you know, I don't think they hated each other, but you could have fooled me and told me Hannah fucking hated Julian. I would have believed it. <laughs> it's funny because, like, um, they've done, I don't know why nobody brings this up, but they've done, both of them have done interviews where they're like, oh yeah, we were like best friends backstage. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, because yeah, I think I think Julia said it like after Hannah had passed, and I think Hannah said it as Julia was coming into the company just before they started feuding. Mm-hmm. But I thought, God, they just work so well together. They just beat the fuck out of each other, and I mean, it made for a great match. <laughs> yeah, um, this is like like what I said about Hannah and B. 
is that Hannah works best when she's like brawling with someone and I think that's the same for Julia as well because Julia love you're not a technical wrestler yeah you're not a wrestler <laughs> maybe you should just brawl yeah so it's like when Julia wrestles like this, I wouldn't say they're like the same style as Hannah but like a similar like brawler style she Yeah. definitely like excels in the match Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. It was not good. like when she went against Konami and she's made to look an absolute fool Konami can wrestle like circles, triangles, rectangles, octagons around her. Uh, but yeah, this is a match where uh, Hannah does the uh, ball spot. Um, Yeah, yeah. and also this is the match where Hannah ends up going into the chairs and then. <laughs> Uh, Julia just fucking throws the chair at her head. She there doesn't was even, like, so fall many, into like... it on the chair shot. She just throws it. Yeah, there was so many, like, wild spots, like, on the outside, which I think is why I like this match so much, because there was a part where they were climbing up the, like, seating area, and Yeah. then someone got their head smashed into the wall. Pretty sure it was Julia. Yeah, and then there was a part where <laughs> they were at the like announcers table, uh-huh. and um, Julia was like trying to hang Hannah off it because there's like a little bit of a ledge for people that have never seen Korok and Hall. Yeah. But Julia kind of just like couldn't get the grip on her, so Hannah let go, and she just fell to the floor. And Julia just stood there like, uh, Okay. what, what spot do I do next? <laughs> She was like, okay. She should have did. She should have did the cactus elbow. I mean, I thought she was just going to, like, climb on the table and jump off it, but she kind of just climbed on the table, then stepped down, and She then stepped stood down up there. again. <laughs> She was trying to get She stood aerobics up. in. Leave her alone. <laughs> uh, but no, this match. <laughs> It was very, very fun. Like I said, definitely Julia's best match. She peaked <laughs> once into this count. I, I don't get it. Uh, but, I think uh, this was probably Hannah's best match as well. I can see it. I mean, I can I mean, see one it. of her best matches. I'd probably put it, like, up there. Yeah, you can put it up there. I think so. It's plausible. Uh, As, like, a singles wrestler, at least. I wouldn't... Like, I as just a have tag a wrestler. very... I don't know. The red belt, no DQ match with the guest who just has a very special place to me. I don't know why. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was, that was, like, my favorite match. But I think Hannah is, like, a singles wrestler. This is definitely, like, one of her best matches, at least post away to tie. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. Uh, and there was not a winner. They went to a draw. Uh, Julia had that weird submission she does <laughs> that takes, like, seven Oh, hours. the uh, the stealth viper. Yeah, it takes, like, seven hours to apply. <laughs> uh, Part but, of uh, me is glad that she stopped doing it, but I kind of miss it. I just miss her taking, like, seven hours to do it. It's fun. <laughs> I'm going to do a figure four, but I'm going to take, like, my sweet little time trying to actually put it in. Sure, <laughs> she's got to remember <laughs> like every single step of it. like, okay, this is very convoluted, but I can do it. <laughs> but no, uh, match ended while she has Hannah in that, and, you know, it's kind of fucked up to each other. You know what, like, assuming the plan was Julia White Belt, Hannah Red Belt, I'm glad this went to a time limit draw. Because I feel like if they ran this back at, like, the year-end climax for 2020, the, like, that match would have popped off. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, they could have ran it for anniversary or when they ran, like, Yokohama for the first time. Oh, yeah, yeah, I forgot about the, the big pay-per-view they did. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it went to a draw, and it was perfect.
maybe maybe don't let Julia wrestle thirty minutes and just let her brawl for like ten or so minutes. Yeah, if you just like let her go to a fifteen minute time limit draw where she's just like Instead beating the shit minutes. out of her opponent. Yeah. <laughs> also tell us about being a coward, do the elbow off the top of the table. What's wrong with <laughs> There was so many spots in that match that I just like absolutely love. And one of them was when um I think it was Julia was gonna do like that running whatever. Mm-hmm. And then Hannah just like clotheslined her with a chair. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> Julia was walking off, and like Hannah was just like, "Right, I'm gonna go under the ring, get a chair." I'm not even joking when I say there are a lot of women's wrestlers, not just in Joshi, but around the world, who probably could learn a lot if they studied Hannah's old matches, especially if they're like big brawlers. They're yeah, because like, there, there's not many like women that wrestle that style at least that i can think of like the top of my head yeah there's a few but not many uh but that's just what i'm saying is i think that if they went back and they studied that then maybe just maybe their game would be elevated just a little bit now is that to say that's the idea Uh, is that to say that's the idea? No, but, uh, I'm just saying, I don't know, my mind blank, but I'm just saying, I think people are <laughs> Yeah. No, no, I get what you mean, like, I think it's just one of those matches where if you want to do a time limit draw right, that's a good example of it. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. And then... Cause, uh, Okay, stardom's time I mean I don't mean to go on a tangent but stardom's time limit draws at the minute are just everywhere and they're not well done oh not at all because theirs are done to like well mostly protect DDM but they they never really advance a storyline anymore like they they did with that so oh I can see it I can see what you're talking about but yeah, anyway, uh, we had Ariza Hashiki versus Konami for the Wonder of Stardom title. Yeah, uh, okay. Um, this was fine, but I kind of prefer the Cinderella match. Yeah, I can see that. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just because it was the first time encounter, like singles-wise. but And maybe it's because I was burned out because... They also faced in five star previous to this, but I don't know. It something was just off. I don't think it was a bad match, but I felt like something was off. Yeah, I get that. I mean, I I really enjoyed the match just like in general because I really like when them two face off. But yeah, I don't I don't think it helped that match was put in between Julia and Hannah and the main event. Yeah. Like, I think this was, like, a case of they probably could have just reworked the card a little bit better, and I think that match probably would have done better in hindsight. Yeah, maybe it's just... Yeah, you're right. Maybe it's just the positioning and it getting overshadowed, but... Because, I mean, when you talk about this show, you rarely talk about this match. Yeah, because, like, when I was looking at the card, I completely forgot that this match happened, like, on this show. I don't know why I assumed it was in 2020. I don't know. That's a good question, but um, yeah, I didn't think it was a bad match. Like I said, maybe it was wrong positioning, but 
but uh, it just felt off compared to their Cinderella one. I thought the Cinderella one went, went absolutely crazy. Uh, but nevertheless, not bad, like I said. Uh, they did... Okay, when you look at Arisa and you look at Konami, what do you expect them to do? They did exactly that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just had, like, two of the best technical wrestlers on the roster, and they did a very good technical match. I mean, you can't ask for much else from them. I mean, let's go out there and do your thing. I mean, as, like, bad as it is how Arisa left, I'm kind of glad that she didn't drop the title to Julia. <laughs> Oh yeah, she kind of just lost the belt without even losing. That's actually God. God. Yeah, she, <laughs> she had like the the perfect white belt run because she never technically lost the title and had a bunch of great matches along the way. So I mean, perfect. Uh, yeah. <laughs> dude, if Julia would have beat Arisa, she would not be as loved as she is right now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, she'd probably be getting torched. Uh, you know what? There's an alternate timeline somewhere where Ariza is still wrestling and Julia beat her for the title. There's an alternate timeline where that is the case and DDM probably does not get as much hype as they do. <laughs> There's also an alternate to- timeline where Ariza joins Oeta Tai. <laughs> <laughs> she, she was just so sick of uh, DDM. I don't blame her. But, uh, yeah, uh, Arisa got the win here. Uh, I mean, of course, kind of spoiled it because we told you she never lost, though. So. <laughs> well, yeah, but... I mean, we'll get into it. It was long. And then we all know the... Konami is never going to win a singles belt. <laughs> she can't even win the SWA. <laughs> oh, <duh. laughs> Dude, anybody can win that belt. I don't know what's up. But, uh... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh... After the match, this is when Utami made the challenge, right? Uh, Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. they had that absolute banger of a match. Yeah, and Arisa completely murdered her. <laughs> yeah, we should go over that on the podcast. Was that the same as the Takumi and Mayu uh, match? I think it might have been. If so, yeah, we'll eventually watch that. Uh, then, okay, bias be damned. This was the best match I saw out of both shows. <laughs> uh. World of Stardom title match, which would be the last time ever. Uh, Kagetsu versus Mayu Watani. Big fight feel from the beginning because they played the music while it showed like Kagetsu preparing in the back. And you know what? I really love when Stardom used to do that in like 2019, 2018. Oh yeah, I vaguely remember the Jungle Kiona and Konami challenge in Nagoya where they did it. I thought it was dope. Uh, they should bring that back. <laughs> I thought it was a nice touch, especially like it was just no audio, it was just music and them getting ready. Oh my god, it was perfect. Um, as soon as the entrances happened, it's just like got a little goosebumps. I was like, bro, this is. I'm like, I'm took back to first watching that, first watching that match, and just being like, wow. And although I know exactly what happens, it just you get lost into the match, and you're just like, man, I don't know anymore <laughs> uh, since this is the last time you know they were going all out there was no doubt neck bumps were going to happen every other second uh, yeah no wonder Kigetsu decided to retire the next day because her fucking noodle neck was hanging on by a thread and you know what she said 
she was just like, okay, any move you got, just do it to my neck. <laughs> she was like, I don't plan on coming back, it's fine. Yeah, I don't need this. Um, but uh, they went up to the stands, and I don't know why. Okay, wow, okay. I'm glad I haven't seen anybody else do this because it's rude. So there's bleachers in Corrigan Hall, and there's also this little wall ledge that you can climb up on if need be. And all you was laying on the bleacher seats. Gets is on this ledge wall and proceeds to hit a diving double foot stop off onto her. You know what? I absolutely loved any time that uh, Stardom were at Korokin and Kagetsu saw that wall. <laughs> Kagetsu saw that wall and said, I'm about to do something dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they got to the ring and of course, of course, you know, they were going to have a great match. So there's no doubt. Uh, they went out of here. Uh, Trying to think, there was a lot. Okay, so there was like two halves, two halves to this match. First half was the match being built, and then the second half, you would think it would just be an ending stretch, but the ending stretch for this match was like five, ten minutes. Like, yeah, it was it, last, because I think the match as a whole was like twenty minutes. Yeah, it seemed like the last ten minutes, you didn't know what was going to happen. Yeah, it was it was definitely like one of them ones where you genuinely thought Kigetsu was gonna win it, especially because there was uh she hit the miss and then I think she might have hit the Death Valley bomb. Yeah, she hit the Oedo Cluster again and then hit the Death Valley bomb, which is her die combination. And, and then she kicked, kicked out. So she hit the mist on her again and did the exact same thing. And Mayu kicked out. <laughs> Okay, the first time was the Oepsu drop, and then the Oeta coaster, and she just pinned. Second time when she did the mist, that's when she did the uh, 450, then the uh, Death Valley bomb, and she kicked out. And not only yeah. that, Kagetsu kicked out of both variations of the Dragon Suplex. And that just made you go, once again, yo, what is going to happen? What we found out was going to happen was Kagetsu was going to get dropped on her neck, of course. <laughs> <laughs> uh while you hit the tombstone, and then went up, moonsault, academic from there. It just can't be understated of all the match, like the series of matches between Mayu and Kagetsu. Just can't be understated how good all of them are. Oh yeah, like it's so easy to say that like. I don't want to be like the, the Dave Meltzer and be like, oh, it was a five-star match, but like any time they had a match, it was like a five-star match. Yeah. And you can take at, you can take a look at most series in wrestling people talk about now and go, wow, look at all the great matches they had. But if you look at the series between Mayu and Kagetsu, like genuinely, it's very hard to actually find a series where all the matches were as good as all of theirs were. Hmm. Of course, it's, you know, it's no Okada and Omega, but I mean. <laughs> but no, uh, yeah, just two great shows from 2019. And now we get into our little discussion. It just, it just can't be understated how stardom doesn't hit the same as it used to. Everything was so different from the match structure, match quality, uh, how they went about building matches, just Everything seems different. 
Yeah. I mean, it's like um, what I was, what we were talking about, like, this morning, at least this morning for me, is that you look at, like, the year-end Climax card for 2019, and you look at the one for 2020. Granted, Stardom, they lost Hazuki, Kagetsu, and Ariza to retirement. We lost Hannah. So there was a lot of rebuilding to do. But their biggest show of, like, the ending of the year felt like a, just a normal Shinkiba throwaway show. <laughs> this Stardom Year in Climax 2019 was the actual death of Stardom and the start of the Bushy Road era. I mean, it, it always feels, like, dramatic saying, like, this was, like, the last real Stardom show, but it's true. After this show, nothing was ever the same. And nothing... Even if I take a look at the shows that happened since then, I don't think anything has came close to this. Even the Budokan show, as great as it was, I don't even think it came close to this. Just random cork and year in. Yeah, I mean, it's like... You know, I have watched uh, all of Stardom's like big shows from this year and 2020. But like nothing had the same feeling. Yeah, just like I said, it just didn't feel the same. Um, and that just brings us into the uh, Hazuki retirement thing. There was like lots of rumors and innuendos around both her and Kagetsu just suddenly just retiring. And a yeah. lot of, there was a lot of fake stories. And they're out there. You can find them. Uh, <laughs> there's also a very bad YouTube video you can find of somebody going over the issues and he sounds like a dumbass but yeah uh, so we're not we're not gonna promote that yeah which, we're not gonna assuming promote. i know who you're talking about uh you know who i'm talking about and we're not gonna promote <laughs> him because kind of fucked up in the head uh but to put it vaguely there's a lot of weird stories like one being kagetsu was a very hard trainer which i mean that's like every trainer in joshi and that's just every trainer in Japan. Yeah, dude. Male or female. I mean, yeah. the uh, the Noah Dojo doesn't have any heating, and they keep the door open year-round. Yes. So the, the wrestlers have to train in their coats if it's cold. Yeah, everything's hard. They don't understand that. American audiences, <laughs> they don't understand that clearly, and they never will. Um, I mean, you have... Like yeah, at the ice ribbon, at the ice ribbon dojo, you have Mio Shirai with her two kids on her back, kicking the shit out of you. Yeah, it's kind of whatever, man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> my training school, my trainer's uh, daughter was just like hanging around, and we used to like play wrestle with her in the ring. <laughs> it's just everything's different, all right. So that's one thing that needs to be said. Uh, one with like the scenarios with Hazuki were like super weird. Uh, the best one being the Yakuza one, but... Yeah, the best one being the one is, like, they found out her family was in the Yakuza, so they just made her leave. Uh, that was a bad one where, like, fucking, uh... I think it was Meltzer's stupid ass. He don't know shit. Uh, he just goes, Oh, uh, I heard with Kagetsu, no longer head trainer. Uh, she just didn't want to be there because she didn't have any power to flex. Dude. Yeah, I, re- I remember that one, and I was like, hang on. 
Hazuki was there before Kagetsu, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I don't know if you realize this. Kagetsu wasn't a head booker. <laughs> she was a trainer. She just trained people. That's all. <laughs> I mean, you know, like I said, with Kagetsu had power with getting B into Oedo Tai, but. She didn't have any, like, far as this is all we need to do, power. She had yeah, this isn't this isn't Fujimoto give. booking Ice Ribbon. Yeah, she had little input she can give. That's about it. Uh, so that story in itself is dumb. Like, what power does Zuki have? Nothing. She trains like the rest of them. They all train in one big session in the ring. Rossi Ogawa sits in the corner in a chair, and they just train. Uh, another one was just Hazuki. Well, another one was just Hazuki just straight up wasn't happy. And I could see that a little bit. Uh, yeah, I mean, that one I can kind of believe based off of her in the retirement speech being like, I don't like stardom, I only like a way to tie. I hope nobody has to resign the way I did. Which, yeah. that's what she said, that was her words. Yeah. Uh, it's on the translation, you can go see it. So it also makes it seem like she was forced out. Uh That'll bring me to something else that I'll say after these last two. Uh, well, after finishing this one and then my last one. Uh, I could see her just being straight up unhappy because she, she's been in, she was in stardom for quite a while. And I feel like she didn't really kick it up till she got to Edotai. But even then, she was just strapped to the high-speed division, which only had like three people. Yeah, I mean, I think if I'm... If my facts are right, I think she started with Stardom when she was like 15, 16. Yeah, because one of the people that trained her was Yoshiko. Yeah. Because that's what she does to the Senton and all that. But, uh... And then the other one, this last one, is like the most plausible one to us, at least. She's going to university. She's in school, just going to university because she's young. Yeah, I mean, it. that one makes the most sense because, I mean, she was there from you know like i said when she was like 15 16 she's probably saved up all of her money to go to university and she left when she was like what 21 yeah 21 22 yeah so she she would have been young enough to leave to go to university and then i what i think at least is that she said that she wanted to take some time out to go to university but stardom didn't think she was going to come back to stardom so they forced her to retire, so she couldn't go anywhere else. Because, I mean, it's not like in America where people retire about ten times, because when you're in Japan, when you say you're going to retire, then that's usually it for you. Oh, yeah, for sure. They're not really big fans of people retiring and then coming back. Usually it's received okay, but that's not the norm. Um, yeah, that, that, this is why I think it's entirely, you know, possible that she wanted to take a break from university, stardom didn't want her to, so she was like, fine, I'll retire then. Yeah, which, I mean, sounds like a Bushy Road stardom thing. Uh, that one... There was another one, I don't know if you've seen it, that, because um, like, I joke about it all the time, that uh, Hazuki and Kagetsu were going to get married. 
Actually, you know what? That's the one I want to believe. Let's go with that one. Uh, yeah. No, because I saw something. I'd, it was probably on Reddit. There was something that was like um, Kagetsu and Hazuki were dating and Bushiroad's homophobic or something. You know, that actually might be for true, actually. You know, I can see that. Because <laughs> uh, that, that's what it makes sense why they left at the same time. Clearly, they're going to get married. <laughs> okay. Minus gay marriage being illegal in Japan, but yeah. we'll, we'll forget about that part. <laughs> yeah, okay. Personally, don't know about these people's personal lives that's not on social media. Can't tell you if they were or were not dating. If they were, cool. Uh, but which, what is weird about Kagetsu's is she's such... She was probably, out of that whole roster that Bushiroad had purchased, the most valuable asset they had. And her making the executive decision to retire. I know she wanted to retire before, but she had came back and it was arguably the best run of her career. Um, yeah, because she was meant to retire at her, I think it was a 10-year produce show when she again. wrestled Io Shirai and Io talked her out of retiring. Yeah, and Io was like, nah, you gotta come back. And then Io was like, JK, I'm going to WWE. Yeah. <laughs> and which I mean... After all, she kind of did fulfill EO's desire of her being in stardom and taking stardom to the next level. Uh, but it's odd. Okay, not saying that she just didn't want to, she just couldn't just not say, oh, uh, beat up, I just want to retire. Possible, very possible. It just seems odd that that happened soon after the Bushiro purchase, and she had mentioned in her presser that she knew about the purchase like when it was in its beginning stages which I'm sure a lot of the roster members did maybe like Mayu and a few others uh, and then Hazuki saying she hopes nobody has to retire the way she did you kind of not saying it's true like I said don't know not we don't know anything truly but and probably never will but you kind of especially since Kagetsu's I'll save that some other time. Uh, but <laughs> they both retired, and they both, like, it just both, I'm not saying they just flat out said it, it just seems like they were forced out. Yeah, I mean, I can see that. I mean, <clears throat> at least for Hazuki, for what she, like, flat out said. Or straight up, that one thing that came out, that they just had no plans to market O at a time, that was probably Kagetsu's, like, yeah, I gotta go. Yeah, I mean, I can understand that, because, like, Oedo Tai was, like, her thing, but... Kyoko gave that to her. She took great pride in that. And it just... Yeah. <clears throat> and that I'm also my voice. To... Yeah, that is... Yeah, me too. I got a water right here. Uh, <laughs> we're almost to the end stretch. But uh, that also is very uh, plausible. So I'm not saying that couldn't be wrong. It's, it's just a very weird situation when you think about it. Uh, especially... Uh, Hazuki, she just showed up at Kagetsu's retirement show. She was like, fuck it. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is what I mean by that. They're clearly married. <laughs> okay, uh, what we're trying to say is they're married and that's that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because it was like, um, I mean, even now, like, Kagetsu still pops up at the dojo sometimes because she's trained uh, Saya. Yeah. Like fairly recently, it's she always with Suzuki too. So I mean, it's plausible. Yeah, I mean, I mean, not not saying they're married, but 
Definitely not. Bushy Road is definitely a homophobic company. <laughs> what we're trying to say is Bushy Road kind of fucking sucks as a company. Is what we're trying to get at here. This is why we went to this whole spiel because everything just watching these 2019 shows just took me back to an era where I just loved watching Stardom and couldn't look forward and look forward to every show, even if it was <laughs> a random Shinkiba show. Like, yeah, that's what I mean. Like with Stardom, how it is now, I really only watch the pay per views. Because, yeah, I I don't want to watch their Shinkiba shows. The their small throwaway events are boring. I'm not working a gimmick. Whenever Beth's like, "Yeah, there's a Stardom show we can review," I just let out a deep sigh. <laughs> it's not a, nothing against the girls, but it's just like how the company has changed. I just don't look forward to any Stardom show. I'll, yeah, I mean, I, I don't even think that's us being like a way to tie bias either. No, it's just in general. I'm just not looking forward to it. I'm not saying I can't end up enjoying some of the matches on the show. I'm just not looking forward to it as much as I used to. Yeah, because I mean, they've definitely got some like really good talent that I enjoy. Cause, oh I mean, yeah, for sure. We all know that I'm a big fan of Julia, but I don't want to watch Julia and her 25 rotation arm drag. Against, like, Yatami at a random Shinkiba show. Yeah, I... Yeah, that's that's really why we went to this rant, because it's weird. Uh, just so much things have changed, and it's just like our love for the company was sucked out of us. Uh, which is sad to say out loud, but it's... I, like I said, don't think it's a girl's thing. I think it's definitely a Bushy Road thing. Culture just changed. It is what it is. Yeah, because I think, like... I think for the longest time I was just kind of under the impression that I just didn't like Stardom after Hannah. But going back and watching like the year-end climax, I was like, yeah, Stardom really just started to fall apart after the show. Mm-hmm. That's why I say it was the death of actual Stardom. <laughs> I mean, I hope they do eventually pick it up again. I mean, I'm not the most hopeful about that, but I think the thing that they're just missing out on is the lack of personality. Yep. And fun. There's no sense of fun anymore. Yeah, because, I mean, even, um, like, Hazuki hated doing those backstage promos, and her promo was literally, like, for the year-end climax, I'm retiring today, that's it. Yeah. But there was still, like, a lot of personality. And if you think back to, like, how Oedotai is now, they don't even get promos. Yeah. Because they have personality, unlike most of the other factions. So, yeah. Yeah, I uh, mean, as I was said to you, Natsu cut a promo on a chair. They were like, "Damn, we need to make them shut up now." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, obviously, continue on reviewing old Stardom shows, and we'll probably have this conversation a lot. But it's just sad to see. Uh, but that brings us to Dragon Gate. Dragon Gate kicked off King of Gate. There's also show. Tonight and tomorrow, and also on Wednesday, they're, we're only going to review the league matches. Just wanted to put that out there because, no offense, for me, one of my big problems with tournament is the undercard matches. I just want to focus on the tournament matches. Uh, I don't know how you feel about that. I just don't see the point in having these undercards going on. No, I'm fine with it. Same with DDT. <laughs> That's fair, I guess, but I just don't. I'm just not a fan of it. I'm just like, let's just do the league matches and call it a day. Uh, but we kicked off King of Gate. It was in the uh, arena. It was empty arena. Uh, 
they missed some events due the due to the state of emergency. So they're like, hey, we're just gonna give the three events that we missed all the leave matches on this empty arena show at the Dragon Gate Studio. Um, it's not their dojo, but it's the studio. They usually do a show called Prime Zone in this, where it's just uh, Prime Zone. Uh, you feel free to go back and watch it. You have the Dragon Gate Network. Uh, Prime Zone is an alternate universe for Dragon Gate where kayfabe is kind of, it exists, but also it doesn't at the same time. They just kind of have fun. Uh, it's in this, it used to be in this Rinky Deek studio with all the fans there, and they just kind of have a blast. Uh, some uh, some of the younger wrestlers uh, serve as a reporter. Uh, KZ at one time was a, a reporter, Cass Sawadasan. Uh, Rio Saito was the main reporter. It, uh, when it stopped doing it, the reporters were Rio Saito and Kota Minora. I'm sure that would change if they get back to doing that because Coach is kind of a big deal now. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, that was this arena. And I don't know how you felt, but I thought that them not having fans actually added a lot to these matches. Yeah, I definitely thought so. I mean, the I think it would have been fine, like, even if they did have fans. But I think, like, the smaller venue that they were working in definitely added to the whole atmosphere. And the angles they could get within the ring, since they have pretty much, they don't have to worry about getting their fans away. They just kind of get to do their own thing. Yeah. I thought that helped a lot, because I liked some of the camera angles they used. Uh, we had a, uh, the it was only Japanese commentary, which is fine. I'm cool with Japanese commentary. Uh, it was a rotating like second man on commentary. At first it was Masato Yoshino, then it was Kagatora, then it was Ryo Saito. But we started off the night, uh, I believe this was the B block. Uh, it was, I'm not going to say all the blocks for every match because I'll get winded. But uh, it was SB Kento versus Dragon Kid. And these these two just work so well together. I don't know what to say, but I. this is not even me being biased. I think as far as like male pro goes, SB Kento might be the best rookie young prospect there is. Yeah, I can agree with that. I mean, I can't really like off the top of my head think of anybody at least that's been given a chance that's like that good yeah like there's a lot of good rookies like you know Inamore is fine but he just doesn't have that aura of SB Kento where SB Kento he feels like he's a main event star yeah he's a main event star he can win anything he wants to and he's not even he's barely a year in uh and these two just worked well together of course they're coming off uh the cage match uh where Kento's bald now uh you know, I actually, I, I talk, we talked about their uh, Cork and Hall match. I honestly thought this was better than the Cork and Hall match. Yeah, I can, I can agree with that. Uh, I thought they did a lot more stuff here than in the Cork and Hall. I, of course, with the Cork and Hall match, we know they were trying to save stuff for the cage match. Now they got that out the way, I think they were allowed to go do whatever they wanted. Uh, I don't know about you, but I was kind of shocked by the ending. Um, did A little bit. I expected Kento to get his win back, and Dragon Kid gets the win with the Bible, which is a crucifix driver. Uh, but here's the thing about King of Gate. No matter if you lose the block, there's going to be a second chance battle royal for the fourth spot in the semifinals. So, realistically, they could run a storyline of Kento just losing to everybody in this block, and he could win the battle royal, and he's in the semis. So. but I, I mean, was, I'd be fine with that. Yeah, I'd. Actually, I like the idea of the second chance battle royal because it gives you a good chance to tell the story throughout the whole tournament with somebody going in a slump and then winning the battle royal either just to make it to the semis or winning the whole thing. Uh, 
But yeah, Dragon King gets the win here, and I was just shocked. I mean, I thought the match was good, but I was just shocked. I was like, wow, uh, didn't didn't expect that. Uh, might go a little out of order here, but that's, that's fine. Um, next match that I remember off the top of my head, uh, we had uh, Naruki Doi versus Ben K. This was the match I did not like. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know your opinion. Of course, you can talk about it after, but after they did the spot where Ben K speared the ring post and he stalled on the outside, when he got back in the ring, they just never picked it back up. It just stayed flat. Don't get me wrong. The finishing stretch was very creative, and I liked it, but as far as the actual match goes, they just never picked things back up. Yeah, I can I can kind of agree with that. Yeah, uh, I don't know. It's just a weird match, cause, and especially with the two involved, you know they can have a better match. It's just weird to just see this match and go, uh, especially since looking at the rest of this card, I think this was by far the worst match on the card. I don't think I hate any of the other matches. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah. But Nuruki Doi gets the win because they did a fun spot where uh, they were running the ropes, and he let Ben K force all his momentum into the ropes to roll him up, which is very creative. Uh, so Doi gets two points. Um, this next match ruled. Okay. Uh, Kaito Yoshida versus Hio, R.E.D. versus R.E.D. I had concerns about this one. I was like, well, since the R.E.D., they'll probably just fuck around. Nope. As soon as the bell rang, they went right after each other. <laughs> uh I had my worries about Hio being the injury replacement, but if this match is any example, I'm looking forward to his whole tournament. Uh, he ended up playing the babyface in this match, oddly, but that's fine because Yoshida is very, very good. Uh, I think we've talked about that already on this yeah. show. Watch <laughs> that Yoshida is very good for being like 23-24. Uh, it was just a story of Ishida was going to work on his leg, and then Hio got his hope spot. Uh, they messed up a German... And I thought he was just going to crush Ishida's head. <laughs> uh, but, you know, they recovered. And Hio just decided he was going to be Toshiaki Kawada and just start doing backdrop drivers. And that's fine. I'm cool, I'm cool with that. Do that. <laughs> uh, but, of course, all these matches were relatively quick. That's why we're not going to go in, like, big detail on Because they're all relatively quick, except for, like, two that I want to talk about. But, uh, of course, Kaito Ishida gets the win with the ankle hold. And uh, he gains two points in his block. And then this next match, we talked about how these matches were quick. This match was very, very quick. Uh, UT versus Keiko, Kudo the rematch from Dead or Alive. Uh, of course, you know UT. UT is like the only person in this company that actually cares about the Brave Gate title. Like, everybody else sees it as a stepping stone. UT is like the one of the only people who's just like, that is my dream. I'm going to accomplish that. I'm going to take that. And as soon as Okuda got in the ring, he got right up to Okuda. He was like, no. Um, and they just, you just felt the energy that they hated each other. <laughs> uh, thank God Okuda got rid of that rap song. I was going to die if I heard that. <laughs> uh, but this match was two minutes, okay? Okuda started to beat the brakes off of UT, and I was like, bro, what did UT do to deserve this? And then when he went for the last knee strike, I was like, hold up. UT's going to do passion, isn't he? And I was right. He did the passion. Got the three count, and Okuda was like, bro, what just happened? And, you know, UT, he was hype. He was like, I don't know exactly what it said, but I have to assume that he's going to win the Brave Gate title at Kobe World. I don't think there would have been any reason for him to win this match if that's not where they're going to go post the tournament. Because obviously neither one of them is going to win it. So, uh, 
but for two minutes, it was pretty enjoyable. <laughs> uh, you know, this next match, now I think about it, it was fun toward the end, but I wasn't too crazy about it. Um, BB Holt took on Takashi Yoshida. I don't know. Maybe this is this has just been a trend with me and Hulk. I don't know. Uh, especially since we saw the old uh, Dead or Alive shows where Hulk, this was like, it was before his neck injury and he was very, very good. Maybe that slowed him down or he, and he was just trying to change his style. Uh, I don't know. Just a lot of his matches sometimes fall flat for me. Uh, this one started to do that until they got close to the end. And I think that is just purely on Yoshida's improvement. Uh, we have, since we started doing this, we have actually been able to like, see Yoshida match by match as a babyface turning from a heel and he's probably had one of the smoothest transitions I've seen he works very well as a face <laughs> uh, yeah no I agree with that uh, and the, I was just fighting this match Big Hulk rolled out the ring and Yoshida just goes hey man where you going get in the ring <laughs> uh, it just made me chuckle um, but of course uh Honestly, didn't know who was going to win this one, but Yoshida won, and I'm happy about it. Uh, he gets two points. Now, this match, this match, I don't know how you feel. Match of the night, match of the year contender, easily. Natural Vibes, inner faction war, if you will. KZ took on Susumu Yokosuka, and damn, what a match. <laughs> uh, I love that. They, I expected it to be good, but they just get, they just told him, hey, Here's 16 minutes. Go do whatever you want to do. Whatever you want to do. Uh, KZ was very, very evil on this one. Uh, he focused on the arm because Susumu's, you know, big move is the Jumbo no Kachi, the Lariat. So uh, he started working on the arm. And then they just went into a bunch of stretches where they were just firing off on each other. And then uh, KZ went to the forearm sequence where uh, Susumu just kept backing him up and backing him up every time he got forearmed. And Susumu, oh my god, I love this spot. More people need to do it. Susumu backed Casey up against the ropes and just started to clobber him with lariats against the rope. And it sounded like it hurt. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I honestly, I'm not shocked by the finish, actually. Uh, I'm fine with it, actually, because, I mean, Casey dropping one to Susumu is fine because in this block, you have a lot of people that are probably going to be favorites. So Susumu's probably not going to finish with a lot of points, so he needs at least a big win, so I'm fine with it. Uh, I can't say much about this match, but you got to watch. Our best match of the tournament so far. Uh, They just let everything go out there. This is what I... This is why I like singles tournaments to a sense. Because, especially for Dragon Gate, because as you see, they don't do a lot of singles matches, except for, like, big shows. So, this is always special whenever King of Gate comes around. Uh, and, yeah, Susumu gets two points. Uh, match that I skipped over was Ida versus Jason Lee. They had a fun match here. Uh, basically, Ida beat the brakes off of Jason Lee, and, like, he got a five-minute hope spot. And that's all Jason Lee really needs. He just needs to get that little bit of space to get a little baby face come back in, but of course he wasn't beating Ida. <laughs> Ida's not losing. Uh, Ida beats him with uh, this vicious uh, pump handle knee to the face. God. Uh, that was crazy. I thought Jason got concussed for a second. Uh, and then the Imperial Uno, which is his super kick, uh, and he wins. 
gets two points. Man, I wow, I Ida is so good. That's all I can say. It can't be understated how good Ida is until like you actually see him in a single setting. Like, yeah, you can see him in tag matches, but dude is just so good and he understands everything. No, I completely agree. Like he's just he's so good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what like that that's all you can say though, isn't it? Yeah. I it's mean... like he gets it. Until you actually watch them, you can't understand what we're saying until, like, you actually watch them. Because mm. uh, it's like, even if you do try and put it into words, like, it, you, you can't, can't, like, you, you just can't you without, can't. like, seeing it for yourself. You can't. And, like, this dude's not even close to the end of his career. He's 29. He's got more to go. Uh, then, let me just double-check everything in my head. Make sure I'm not missing nothing. Uh, Kota Manoa versus Diamante. I was very much looking forward to this one. Uh, Diamante might be the most underrated gaijin in Japan. Either him or, like, uh, Tekla. One of those two. Uh, yeah, not enough people talk about um, the gaijin that, like, aren't in stardom in New Japan. Oh, no, not at all. Uh, probably because they don't exist, but... Yeah, probably <laughs> so, but... I was looking forward to seeing them in singles, and so was I with Coda. And they had a fun match. And like Diamante, for being freakish, freakishly fast as he is, while being so gigantic compared to the other members of the roster, and so powerful, it's just insane. Like Dragon Gate has the perfect Gaijin gym, and he's a favorite of Ultimo Dragon, so he'll be around for the long run for sure. Uh, but Kota getting the win here and making Diamante tap with the uh, crossface. Uh, Yuya Susamu, take notes. That's how you do a crossface. Stop putting it on people's hair. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, it's big because since Diamante... Okay, so Diamante was R.E.D.'s big gaijin surprise after Pac had dropped the Dream Gate and went to AEW. Uh, and since then, he's been super protected. Like, he rarely loses. Uh, and for him to tap is gigantic for Kota. And uh, apparently this uh, crossface is a new finish for Kota. Uh, good, because it looked very nice. Um, so he gets two points. I'm going to keep a close eye on Diamante's tournament because, like I said, I think he's one of the most underrated gaijins. That's not just... There's just a lot of companies in Japan who have very underrated gaijins because they're not in the mainstream eye. Uh, but, yeah. Cody gets the two points, and let me double-check. Pretty sure we hit all the blocks. And that brings us to our main event. Shin Skywalker versus Yamato. This could have went either way. And to put it simple, okay, first, good match. Uh, I feel like it didn't take a rocket science after, rocket scientist after I said those two names that it was going to be a good match. But Yamato, he laid it in. <laughs> he was letting Shun Skywalker have every bit of it. Uh, I'm glad to see that Shin's not too in over his head after what happened at Dead or Alive, so that's good. Uh, but Yamato was just laying it in. Uh, this is the Yamato I like to see. Uh, ta- like Whenever he's acting like a dickhead, it's just peak Yamato. Um, and to put it simple, I didn't expect him to beat Shun, but when he did, 
I wasn't very shocked, but I was just like, I didn't expect Shun to lose to Yamato. So that gives me a feeling that Yamato's not winning this tournament. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, Sh- uh, Shun, he lost. And then, oh, let me. Uh, Shun lost and proceeded. Afterwards, Yamato just was peak dickhead. He was just like, uh, there's no shame into losing into the almighty Yamato. Uh, oh, that's one way to put it. Yeah, I mean, that's one way to put it. He was just like, there's no shame in losing to the almighty Yamato. I was like, yeah, I mean, that's the truth. <laughs> uh, but, you know, he gets two points. And I don't remember the exact matches for the upcoming shows, but I do know KZ versus Dragon Kid is on deck for, I think it's tonight's show. And I think it's on Sunday that the Shun Skywalker Kaito Ishida rematch is happening. So a lot of a lot of good stuff coming up. Uh, very interested to see how things turned out. Uh, as far as next week, no clue. Outside of those uh, King of Gate matches, zero clue. We'll figure something out. But yeah, I don't, I don't think it helps that like half the shows are being canceled and rescheduled. Yeah, that doesn't help at all. Um, but you know, we'll figure something out. That that's what. That's what we did here because realistically, we didn't have a lot of shows to cover. Uh, the Dragon Gate show, I knew it was happening, but that's just one show. And then the Seedling show, just it was weird. It just canceled, happened, canceled again. Okay, it's happening. Uh, so, yeah, I know Tokyo Joshi Pro has been advertising shows and then canceling them. And <laughs> That's big brain. Okay, don't miss our show. <laughs> oh, wait, it's canceled. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so we'll figure something out, but uh, that has been this episode. The best and the worst podcast is always doing our half-ass best to cover these bushy road shows. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, we'll see you next time.